And welcome to the Noise Watching Podcast. With me, Andy White, and with me in the new quote-unquote studio today. <laughs> I'm in new surroundings, I'm lost. <laughs> this is what happens when Andy gets a girlfriend, we end up in new places. Uh, Martin Theobald and Terry Jeffendama. Before that, let's not forget Harvey's around, man. Ha- ha- Harvey will be contributing. <laughs> if, you, if you hear the pitter-patter of dog paws in the background. Any Gallagher-related questions, Harvey will answer them today. <laughs> Many a tale to tell. <laughs> With your <laughs> honour on the end of every one of them. <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> so, um, yeah, just a, a quick... I don't know if it classes as a disclaimer or what, or what I've got to say, but essentially, if there's any <clears throat> audio problems or any sort of lesser quality that you notice today, I apologise in advance um, because we are recording in new surroundings and it is a transition because period because someone can't simplify house. their life <laughs> and he's in the middle of moving into his missus house and <laughs> in the process is like commandeering a room where she's lived for years and years and like he's moved in start talking about decking gardens taking over bedrooms for recordings yeah. so yeah god bless Michaela it's uh... fully supported by my friends as you'll notice <laughs> <laughs> Right, those that listen to the podcast know this is always part of the plan. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I assumed that last night's action might be the main talking point. No, no, we've now got a dog in a new house to consider. <laughs> but he has settled down. People don't listen to us for the boxing. We know that. It's, we talk shit. <laughs> yeah. Every single well, one of true. our reviews said, I wonder what would happen if those guys had a dog. <laughs> Um, so yeah, uh, let's. Um, but I do like these hearts. Are these shale, or would you say this is more of a meta? These are coasters, slate, aren't they? Are these more of an igneous rock? They look quite metamorphic. Yeah, sedimentary. Are they? Yeah, of course Perhaps. they are. I feel like I'm having to provide audio commentary for those at home that can't see that Terry's picking up. So it's a slate. It's a, a it's heart-shaped heart slate um, placemat slash coaster. Well, they're both. We have coasters and. Uh, Place, Matt. You know, I said we. That, like, we. And we. And you said the love of your life earlier. Wait, wait, me. wait. We just put it out there. Just it's like, not much competition like, to be fair. A, a, a lot of people have followed Andy's love life. Like I think we're at the zenith of Andy's yeah. achievements in the love game right now. Like, no, he, he's she's wonderful. He, he's overshot. And I would happily like, say that this to is, the world. This is like David Price getting a shot against Povetkin, and you're just scratching your head going, "How?" <laughs> yeah, I mean, for those are you know, lovely looking bird, really nice. Beautiful house, and then we've got Andy on the other side of the deal. Like, I know one of them's losing. And what's awesome is she's listening as people. <laughs> she's amazing. And it, whether you're listening on the headphones or you're actually listening upstairs, Michaela, you're lovely. Thank Fuck you for. Out. This is tragic. Thank you for giving me your house to record my I podcast think... with my two degenerate friends. <laughs> degenerate. This is tragic. We helped you get to this point. Oh, that's my phone. So you've not had it in peak, airplane mode. I think she's calling professionalism. No, sorry, that's Erica. Actually, she was. She could. She could. Can you answer? Can you answer? Oh, that? What? What Just are we doing? Fucking answer that. Is that what you? Are you not in airplane mode? 
Well, no, obviously not. Aaron can ring him. We've got like four minutes wait, at the wait, beginning can, of going. Can you not answer that phone? Uh, I can actually. Yeah. I got how desperate I just sound. <laughs> I mean, we know, we know, Terry. Don't worry. Uh, let's see. Let's. Finally, Erica can be on the podcast. Well, this is Andy's sister that Terry wants to, you know, see more allegedly. of. What are we doing? Hello. Hello. Right, you're on the podcast. We're recording the podcast. <laughs> Terry's here. He wanted me to call you back. God's sake. Hi, Terry. Yeah, Erica, we need to talk though. Seriously. <laughs> what do we need to talk about? Uh, about this and about that, you know. Oh, what? About this and about that, apparently. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, okay. j- just be ready. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, so right now, I just wanted to say to you, Andrew, that I, I was actually ringing you back because of, uh, um, from yesterday. Yes, so she did call him Andrew. Oh, 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 I remember you on the podcast, Erica. <laughs> no, no edits, no edits, this goes in. <laughs> I, was, uh, <laughs> I have no idea what it is, but I'm not willing to take the risk. What did he do, Erica? Um, little passing for work stuck in the window oh, oh. that was that they're really hoping that was going to really and he ejaculated in your toilet <laughs> oh my god okay it's fine I've got a replacement it's fine what are we doing <laughs> okay bye bye <laughs> now usually we've lost every listener that we've <laughs> ever had usually we'd have an edit point in there nah we're good okay so there was actually a bit of an edit point just in there as the as the hardware sort so of failed on for a So we're not bothering to edit the entire phone call we and, assist. And uh, we just, no, and we just listened a bit and it's like, so yeah, apologies for everyone. But it's authentic though. It's, authentic. it's authentically shit, which right. is what we like to, <laughs> and I'm just sat here. Can we push that? And I'm just here embracing my inner Joe Gallagher. No, 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 no. You can't put your head there. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go, mate. Zip. <laughs> Wow, it reaches a new low. <laughs> it did indeed. Oh, <laughs> uh, what what are we doing? Okay, so let's talk about some boxing. <laughs> so it's like you edited that out to get a dog out of the way. No, no, no. Yeah, what I mean, I sa- it would sound like that, but it, but it, but it didn't wasn't. Didn't do a trial run last night, did you? Trial run of what? Well, just what it would be like to record. No, I, I didn't even have the equipment. You saw me. We're amateurs. <laughs> We're amateurs. Yeah. Proudly amateur. I think proudly only, amateur new age boxing To be fair, the only person who's got their shit together today is Harvey, right? <laughs> yeah. um, right, last night's card. Let's, um, well, what, cards? Because, uh, frankly, some of these, I don't know if they're all on the same card. Are they all on the same card? I didn't, I didn't casual, watch. Pure casual, uh, Yeah, I only watched, started watching them about nine o'clock. Hashtag casual. Same time as my dad turned up. Like, the celebrated casual. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do call myself king of the casuals, so it's not like I'm professing to be anything else. Yeah, you know, you reached new levels last night of just casualness. <laughs> the fact I you like just that. had to ask us if all of the people on the same card is brilliant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway, yes, they were. Um, so, run me through. Who did... So, I mean, I'm, I'm so casual. I don't even know who Boatsy fought. Who did he fight? Anyway, right? <laughs> so, that dog is... <laughs> I've no idea. <laughs> <laughs> you, have these, you have these blue chip prospects from Matchroom. They're whacking them on Facebook live streams. It's, uh, I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. Let's touch on that. That Facebook live stream collapsed. It was crap. You, so, it kept just skipping back and skipping back. Yeah. I, I don't know if it was over capacity, but you couldn't even get into it. So if you if you were late, because I tried to get on it and I couldn't. So shout out to Universal Sports. If you're traveling, you need to watch the boxing, get the app, Universal Sports from the App Store. 
um, let me stream the hell out of everything I wanted. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, the actual, like, the stream of it was really poor quality, and that's good, because I thought it might have been, like, my Wi-Fi connection, but that just kept skipping back, so you'd watch a bit, and then it would, like, start giving you the, the, the visual would stop, and it would start giving you the commentary from 15 seconds ago, yeah. and then the visual would catch up with where the it was really oh, that odd. Good. horrible that yeah. sounds really and so, sort of exciting yeah do I care nah not really like the guy that Boatsy fought he came out and he actually like put up a bit of a contest I say a bit a bit is maybe a stretch but at least he was there for the full six rounds and he was still throwing by the end but he got beaten up um, but again you <laughs> I don't know. You could maybe look at it two ways. So you've got Connor Ben headlining, or maybe not headlining, but near enough headlining some of the next-gen shows. While Joshua Boazzi has put on Facebook live streams. Is that a good or a bad thing? I don't know. We criticise Ben for being too high up the card, and yet we're I'm criticising Boazzi for not even getting on the actual live main card. Um, I don't point. know what the perfect. I don't know what the the sweet spot so, is on so it. I, so I don't. I've never understood this. You listen to Hearn speak about Kelly. You listen to Hearn speak about Boatsy, and he goes, "This guy's the truth." I'm like, so why aren't you fast tracking him after five fights? Do you yeah. see what I mean? Give him a test. Put him in with Frank now. But the commentators were talking about the names up at the top. So the Hosea Burton, the Anthony Yards, even the Liam Conroy's, Miles Shinkwins that were fighting last night. Um, fair play to Liam Conroy, who stopped Miles Shinkwin in the second. As predicted by who? <laughs> I don't know. Not by me. No. Because I had a bet on for Miles Shinkwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, where, where's Steve Goodwin now, where we had that conversation? That's just back Conroy. Or, or always back the guy that's had it tough. <laughs> so, um, yeah, they were, they were discussing these names for Boatsy, yet putting them on a Facebook live stream is... It doesn't quite sit comfortably with me. Uh, yeah, I'm confused because Craig Richards gets the same treatment. And I'm like, well, if you're trying to build your presence at 175, what you should be doing really is having those guys performing at a certain level. So we know where, where Craig is. Craig shouldn't be Facebook Live now. You fought against Frank for the British title. You should be a TV fighter. That should be your. That should be the, the confirmation that you're a TV fighter. Josh Boatsy, I just sense that it's back to the Joe Joyce conundrum, isn't it? Where... The budget required to push him on might not be the budget they have in mind for him. So it's almost like, well... We've but got the to... budget should be less for Boatsy. You don't need that bigger budget to get a, a Liam Conroy, for instance. But if you're just going to be stuck on AJ cards, I think we've we've now accepted AJ refuses to pay for quality. <laughs> Based on last night. Wow. <laughs> I just realised there's a dismantled bed at the back of your uh, your house here. Stuff that needs to go. Is this your legacy? Like, just ruining beds? What do you mean it needs to go? <laughs> Hold on, what do you mean? Like, yo, you can sell that to someone and just call it vintage, distress, whatever. The <laughs> Somebody can upcycle that. Okay. In that case... <laughs> it might have your DNA on it as well, I in do, which case... I, I do like the four ovens, though. Like that, that's a, that's a state piece that. in the kitchen. Uh, it is. It's a touch. Um, so back to the boxing. No, no, no. We're going grand designs <laughs> you know what, on this you know now. No, no, Wooden but, stairway is lovely. But you know what? Like One thing we'll say to Mikaela is had Andy been around before, you wouldn't have that. Like It would have just been... It's just been magnolia, just like like a hob, and that would have been it. What? what? <laughs> Why would you be living in a hovel? And, and, and like a and like a mess tin, <laughs> a mess tin and a primer. So she'd stone. be living like a crackhead if she was with me earlier. So. <laughs> It's good, man. Look, look, she, I mean, she managed to define herself before you got involved. So this is good. Yeah, that's, yeah great for her because otherwise she would be living like a crackhead as we've sort of all unanimously agreed. <laughs> <laughs> so no, but, but, no, back to the boxing no no one wants to hear about the boxing they had to sit through it last night we were <laughs> shitty no one wants to hear about that 
No, but look, it was look, a mess. So true. It was a mess. Second half, you could jump out that window. It's <laughs> <laughs> nervous now. No, he couldn't. Okay, just checking. He's poorly um, dog. No, but I think there's a serious point to be made of when is Josh Barty going to step up? Because if they don't do it this year, then we have to just have to accept that, you know, Hearn's holding back on the opportunities until that AJ boxing contract signed. Um, Josh Kelly. I've got an issue with the Josh Kelly, Ryan Burnett syndrome that seems to be breaking oh, out oh, of... Oh, oh, the jerky headphones. Yeah, right. So what is Adam Booth doing down there? That They talk, the commentators build this like narrative of they're building explosive punches, building, you know, Adam Booth's getting this gym. And they, they made a very um, salient point of saying that Burnett and Josh Kelly have different styles. They're not the same kind of fighter, despite the fact they come out of the same gym. And then you watch them both on the same card and you're going, well, that's a lie. Um, and whether they naturally have very different styles and then they've been merged into this same fight at different weight categories, don't know. Um, Josh has always been flashy. So, so, so that's not new. And I think Burnett's had a bit of that, but I think what you've seen is almost Booth sort of moulded it yeah. into this almost like identity kit. Look, they found an average that they yeah. can both do. And you notice it's always done out of range though, isn't it? It's, yeah. never, it's never done, you know, when you could actually take a Kelly, Kelly was doing it, but Kelly was fighting Molina, who was, was shocked to shit. Um, that was embarrassing. For, for the build-up they gave about Molina and trying to hear Adam Smith dig out some crumb of credibility for Molina. And you're watching this guy <laughs> and he boxed like he was 60. Just, and I think Josh Kelly said it best. He, he was so slow that he became awkward. Yeah, he said, what was it? He said, it, it's going to sound like an insult, but it's not. He was so slow, so slow. But that made it more difficult because he was so slow. It's like, mm. I kind of get where you're coming from. Sugar coated shit. It sounds so, like yeah. to me. So, so, so I'm going to don my, my Spencer Fearon hat on and say it reminded me of Sugar Ray Leonard against Terry Norris. And you're watching Sugar Ray Leonard, who you'd sort of seen before doing amazing things. And you could see that Sugar Ray Leonard knew what to do. And it was that like fifth of a second too late to execute. So he'd get hit and then he'd slip. If you see what I mean? It yep. was just really weird sort of thing. And Molina was like that, where you're just like, mate, you clearly struggle to make the weight. You've seen better days. No wonder you're boxing in the Dominican Republic with Joe Fournier. It's an odd one because you've got, they kept trying to build up his uh, resume of, he was a former world title holder. He beat Isha Smith for it. And then by the end, like when it was so bad, when he like stunk the place out and fair play to him, he turned up and he lasted the full distance and if anyone expected anything more out of him, then it's their fault, I think, not his. But by the end, the story had changed on Carlos Molina. And it was like, yeah, he did win a world title, but then it all went downhill from that. <laughs> it's like, you didn't mention that at the beginning, did you? <laughs> it was, and, and, and we'll probably come on to this later. This is the issue you end up having with the, the boxing Twitterati, right? They buy into all of this, Adam Smith. You know that privately educated sensible say nothing controversial but always selling you the bs and they buy into all of that so it's oh molina's this he's that josh kelly was an amazing win it wasn't he was handpicked for a number of reasons he was going to be smaller wasn't going to be as strong and it was fair enough for a fifth fight it's still a good fight and it's still yes. a good win but now that you've sort of set that as your benchmark now you've got to start looking domestically and going right you know, because I'd like to have seen him in with someone like Serge Ambomo. Yeah, Tamuka Mucha. Yep. Because, you know, 
Because because those guys have a point to prove and they'll want to take his head off. I think Molina was happy to take the money. Yeah, I think it was you that tweeted it last night. Apologies if it wasn't. I'm claiming credit though. <laughs> yeah, it was something shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Tottenham are decent. No, you know, I talk up my arse a lot. Oh, I <laughs> then I look at the league table, but whatever. Um, but... <laughs> because you're winning, right? Yeah. All right. But Josh Kelly doing all this flashy hands down stuff. You're not going to do that when you meet a Keith Thurman and Errol Spence Jr. No. The likes of them, a Danny Garcia. You're not going to be playing about walking into distance because at times he was walking into distance. I think that's where I started this point about 20 minutes ago. But <laughs> there were times he was walking into distance with his hands down and just relying on his reflexes. But then he doesn't even throw a punch when he gets there. He'll like stand in front of you and then like faint a punch, faint a punch. And he's still not doing it. And there were so many times, both Burnett and um, Josh Kelly, that you were just waiting for them to really put their foot down and really, you know, try and make a statement, try and stop someone. But <laughs> All I've been working on is moving like one of those wacky wave or inflatable arm flailing tube men, like back and forth, but left and right. That's all the, I've done. The problem they're going to have is you can get away with that against faded fighters and kind of mediocre level British and European fighters <clears throat> at their weight when they start to fight those Mexicans and the Americans and maybe some of the Eastern Europeans now people are going to start setting traps so Josh Kelly is going to walk into something he thinks is safe and it'll turn out to be a trap and he'll eat one of those Thurman right hands for example I'll give you the prime example Ryan Burnett I sat for about four rounds counting as much as I could when um, Burnett's opponent threw the jab, where does he move to? Because so often, he just slips to the left. Slips to the left. But with his hands down, slips to the left. If the opponent was good enough that he could have thrown the jab and turned it into a hook, he'd have caught Burnett so many times. Or, or faint the jab and just come straight down the pipe with the right. Yeah. Take him out. But I mean, that head was always off the middle. But if he'd have... I say, if he'd have gone to like faint the jab and then f turn it into the hook, he could have caught Burnett multiple times because Burnett so often, over 50% of the time, just slips the same, like out to the side the same way every time. The other times he mixes it up. So you might say, well, 50% of the time he goes to the other side. He doesn't. He'll step back or he'll slip to the other side or he'll just move himself out of range, maybe backwards, like without moving the feet. But I say over 50% of the time he slips the same way. Any better opponent, I think that they're, they're going to capitalise. Who, who on that. was who was it? The release of video of themselves on Twitter. Was it one of the, was it was it Burnett with the boxing glove on a pole? Josh Kelly. Oh, was that Josh Kelly? Oh, one of the, yeah, it was oh, Burnett did, doing the glove. It, yeah, it was. Oh, right, yeah. So it was like basically, if I ever have to fight, expect a gadget. I'm going to be sorted. That's, yeah. I, I mean, look, I like except I am, and whether it's slur or fact, <laughs> like I'm a casual. But to me, it just didn't look like a useful exercise. Like. No, well, not not so much benefit. No, no, it works because <clears throat> it's that thing, isn't it? At the end of the day, it's still a fist-like object coming at you, and what you're ba what you're basically drilling into yourself is repeatable ways to avoid a jab. So you, you don't want to you don't want to try and get creative in the ring. You want to know if a jab comes, I'm here. Oh fucking! Hell, no one can see that. So if if a jab comes in, I'm going to slip Terry, outside the jab. Slip to the right. Like <laughs> <laughs> audio or, or, description. Yeah. Yeah, so 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 you you work on repeatable ways to deal with those sorts of things. So I could see the points of it, but it, as I, you saw in the video, it was so linear that it didn't really yeah. replicate 
and that was the thing. It I was almost to. like it, it got so showboaty towards the end where his feet are going back and yeah. forth that I expected the last few for him to start limboing under the bar. Like, <laughs> you know, like, like mate. But, but, okay, no, no. So here's where you want to look at stuff like that. You know, when you watch football, you see the, you see someone like Neymar doing all those that freestyle stuff where he might catch it on the forehead, roll it down the nose, flick it up and do all of that stuff. And you go, that's really good. You know, he's not going to do it in the game. But you're working on that dexterity, aren't you? Yeah, I so just, so, so I there's value so. in that. It's almost like so, yeah. it's like the silly Mayweather pad work. There's no direct correlation between doing that and boxing, but it's it's that dexterity. So so it's almost you know it it doesn't transfer over fully, but it's it's a good. No, diversion. I understand. And with the football, it's a good way for me to understand it really, in the sense that in that one situation in the Champions League semi-final at some point where the ball comes down and if you've repeated over and over again that you shoulder it and head it forward and that gives you that 1% chance to score the goal, then everyone goes, wow, but it's taken you 4,000 hours to get to that, <laughs> to yeah, get to it's, that it's, comfortability it's, to be able to do yeah, that. It's like when Ronaldinho would do the Elastico, if you remember, and he'd do it in, yep. the, in, the, in, the, in El Clasico. Yeah. And he'd <laughs> yeah. have Sergio Ramos on his ass, whoever it was, just from an Elastico. And you're like... That had to be practiced loads of yeah, times yeah, yeah, yeah. in the shadows. And it's, it's kind of like that. But no, I, I get the point of you look at those guys and you think the easiest way to deal with guys like Kelly and Burnett, bloody hell, just walk them down. Because it's, it's not like they move backwards so quickly that you could never get to them. If you just keep going forwards, eventually they'll run but out of options. Again, that, that's the good matchmaking of Matchroom, to be fair. To bring Molina in, who's an old man, who's a light welterweight through career. Um, and again, I feel like we're maybe being a little bit harsh on Josh Kelly, and that is his fourth fight. And so he's still learning massive. We can't expect him to be up as a world title challenger now. I just maybe want to see better um, form, better practice from him against these lower fights because they're not things that he needs to be practicing for world title fights. I want him to make a statement. I want. I, want, I would love to see Kelly go in and go, forget all the showboating. I'm taking this guy out in yes. three rounds. Yes, that's, that's what, exactly it. That's what you want to see. Just a three-round demolition. Or if job. he'd have showboated for three rounds, four rounds, and then switched, and yeah. then bang, <laughs> by has, the sixth, he gets him out of there. Has... Um... Is this an example, uh, just going out on a, on a sort of a wild one here, perhaps, is this an example of social media building up showboating as some sort of like, or, you know what I mean? Like, like for example, I'm going to go for Chris Eubank Jr., who's say he's an Instagram boxer. Does that have, does that make an impression on certain boxers where they get lost in the whole showboating aspect rather than maybe focusing on the more important part? But you, you, you can almost take it back to Naz, right? So Naz was probably, in terms of British box, I don't think anyone has been as showy as Prince Nassim. If you're building a highlight reel, he's the one that you build it of. Five minutes of Prince Nassim just doing stuff that doesn't make any sense. But he was taking people out. So it wasn't like he was being flashy. He'd, he, he'd slip, he'd slip a shot and just boom an uppercut through. And that was the guy out. <laughs> yeah, they've watched Chris, Chris Eubank Jr. do none of that and put pictures of him in a Bentley up. <laughs> so, uh, no, 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 no. It, it is a nice Bentley, though. Oh, so, so shout out to, to, to Mansori. To someone out. Oh, no, you could just dance. No, no, let's just say it now. Mansori, Bentley, if, if you guys are out there and you want to sponsor a podcast, <laughs> listen. Well, it'll cost you three Bentleys and service fees for life. Yeah, and I want that. If you can pay my insurance, that'd be really Oh, yeah, actually, actually that yeah. too. And, and, I want, yeah. and I want that number parts. plate, 1KO. Yeah, I do want yeah one KO. probably all parts. The 1KO number plate. So no. private is plate as well. Is, yeah. is, I mean, it's worth it. it, 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 it definitely. It, 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 we'll it, give it, you a it. shout out once a week. 
Maybe not every week. <laughs> Probably forget most weeks, to be fair. No, but if you look at guys like... Well, so when you anyway, show send books, the Bentleys to... <laughs> no, no, Kayla's house. <laughs> no, but if you, look at, if you look at when guys like Eubank Jr. showboat, it's, it's often when there's no threat. The guys I like to watch are guys like Tony, who will sh- James Tony will showboat when there is a threat. You know, he made Holyfield look like a child in their fight. And he was, he was sticking his tongue out. You know, he was beating up Holyfield, pointing to, I think it was like one of the judges, pointing, going, make sure you saw that, then hitting Holyfield again. <laughs> that's, that's showboating, because you're like, I see the end product. You know, bobbing and weaving your head when you're out of range. Like, oh, really? My favourite of recent times is the Bear Joe Saunders. I think my favourite <laughs> David one. David Lemieux was... <laughs> watching the punchline. <laughs> that was brilliant. Why did Camacho do that the other week against uh, Danny Cousins? <laughs> it didn't quite have the same. <laughs> didn't have the, it wasn't quite the same. <laughs> it was brilliant, um, that. What was the Mayweather one? Who was he fighting? I can't it? remember who was... No, no. Who was he fighting? There was someone where he um, heard... Yeah, he heard the commentators discussing the American football. It's a Super Bowl, um, wasn't it? They were discussing yeah. the Super Bowl on the commentary, and so like mid-fight, he's got the guy in a clinch against the ropes, and he turns and he's like, "No, nah, Dolphins by forty points yeah. or something." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then like yeah. a minute later, the commentators have laughed about that, and then he comes back and he adds further like analysis to the game. <laughs> Whilst the fight's going yeah, that on, is, that was pretty good. Yeah. It was amazing. So have the awareness of hearing it as well. Yeah. But that's the point. It's it's you do it when it where you're like actually you when it's what? going to impress people. Yeah, and it's like you, you're not meant to be able to do that. And I don't think you know the the booth fighters are there yet. They're yeah, there it, it feels to me like showboating is something. Uh, to use a tired analogy, it's like the icing on the cake. Um, if if you don't have the the requisite construction before that it's just a, it's there just was a bit pointless. last night where Ryan Burnett was beckoning in that alien that he was fighting I don't know what his no name idea. was but he looked like an Ramirez. alien <laughs> he looked like something like a men in black um, <laughs> and yeah. uh, how do you think your fight went <laughs> he, he stood in the corner and like just put his glove down and beckoned him in to come and like and again I just thought Yes, you're clearly winning this fight, but you're not dominant. You're not dominant to the point yeah, where I'm it, sat on the edge of my seat thinking, in a minute, Burnett's going to take this geezer it's out. It's like when Roy yeah. Jones did it, where Roy Jones batters the guy. Then the guy's like, you know what? I don't want to go in for any more of that. So Jones goes back in the corner and goes, come here. The guy comes in. <laughs> Jones goes for him. The guy backs off again. Jones throws himself back in the corner. He's like, no, no, come on. Come on do this. <laughs> but that's the man at the peak of his powers where you're like, yeah, you're doing that because, quite frankly, you could take this guy out at any time, and you've shown that. That's what you. I mean, that's exciting, isn't it? That's yeah. what, that's when it turns <clears throat> what could potentially be seen as a as a non-challenging fight into something of a spectacle. It's like sprinkling some stardust on it in order to make it something that it otherwise could potentially not be. Like watching, you know, the first ten fights of Anthony Joshua. I, I, I accept that that's not quite the same. Oh, but God. Anyway, a quick one. Do you think you could get a fire pit in the back there? Uh, there is There's one, one up the top. top. I've spotted it, mate. <clears throat> wow. Okay, we'll, we'll be back. Summer's sorted. <laughs> I've just... Uh, I'm like some, doing this complete... like some scene out of Wolf of Wall Street in the summer. <laughs> <laughs> We're going more amateur than usual, so I've just uh, screenshotted Craig from Fight Talk's question and sent it over. Oh, really? I'll interlude with that quickly. Uh, uh, it, it's not for now. We'll, like, use it later. Okay, we'll do. Um, million Dollar Crawler. Oh, man. Nah, nah, I ain't even discussing this shit. It was pointless. Next. Cordina. Yeah. Well, look, look, look. Just, just, just on Crawler, I think I tweeted this oh, yesterday. 
nothing matters in Crawler's career going forward if he doesn't fight Flanagan now. He's that washed up. Flanagan's that irrelevant. That fight has to happen. That just has. Otherwise, th- that th- would that would be a tree falling in a wood, though. Like, would anyone give a fuck outside of? I know they went to the same school. Maybe the forty people in their class might care, but I'm not sure anyone else. Like Crawler. They talk about world titles for him, and then they put him in a ten rounder against some Mexican geezer that they've flown in that week. What was what was the point in that? Why? So yeah, I mean, maybe you'll say I don't know either, but why drop it to ten round a ten round fight? What's the to get all the belts in? Oh, is that it? It's just scheduling. So, so, so the, I know because a twelve round is typically a title fight. Yeah, but there wasn't a title involved. It was just a meant to be a walkabout with some Mexican dude, but Crawler then gets his eye cut and they're talking about this could mean he doesn't get his fight that they're talking about possibly Luke Campbell in a few months. And then that's the problem. So so on these cards, because Hearn picks these venues that have very strict curfews on them, so I think the curfew is like 11.30 on the Millennium. Is it? Yeah, uh, sorry, the Principality Stadium. So it's like 11.30 and then you get fined for every block of time above that. So they're just trying to shut things down. So you can't have too many 12-rounders. And especially if you don't think the guy's going to get stopped. So it's probably bad matchmaking. But they probably did think he was getting stopped. But then they forgot that Crawler's now like 48 or something and doesn't have the... He never had power. Let's touch on this. I did like your tweet though. (laughs) <laughs> the one about, we never found out who burgled that house. Let's touch on this. Go on, then. Like, I'm in a bit of a mood today. <laughs> who burgled Crawler's house? Who smashed him over the head with a concrete block? And, and is that guy just taking out matchroom guys? Yeah. He, he was seen in Tenerife. Was he in Tenerife? <laughs> and how did Crawler return from being a super featherweight to a lightweight that suddenly knocked people out? But can't seem to do it anymore. But can't seem to do it anymore. But, when, it, but when he healed. had a year out and his skull got caved in, he came back as a super fighter that was knocking out feared fighters at lightweight but in I that year out. And now so he's back. Don't get me wrong. I, I like Andy Crawler. Like every other boxing fan, Andy Crawler's a, a decent bloke. Yeah. He seems like a really decent bloke. And when he had that whole escapade with his head getting caved in by those burglars, terrible thing. And you all sit there like, he's got a family. Your heart goes out to him. But he comes back. He's gone from, I'm not going to say a journeyman, but a, a gatekeeper of sorts. Yeah. And he comes back and wins a world title. And he can punch to the body like he's never been able to punch Before. to the body. Rip shots in. Maybe that's what he was practicing for a year in Sheffield. Right, moving on then. Um, I was try- going to try and find some uh, the Twitter exchange of Martin <laughs> talking about Quallers Burglars. I but- found it. Oh, you have? Yeah, found it. Because <laughs> that just tickled me. So I found that I found that tweet with the help of mine. I got so bored trying to find out if the uh, if the burglars who smashed Crawler in the head, <laughs> so sensitive as always, <laughs> um, got caught. Couldn't find anything. Between that and Brooks stabbing plus their profession, I wondered how much insurance premiums on matchroom on matchroom fighters. That's how boring that is. Anyway, so then Danny Flexing gets in touch and sort of they never found them. Blah blah blah. And then Martin's ah good. Thanks for clearing. Better than Google managed. <laughs> then Danny Flexen pulls up an article they wrote on it. Lovely. Fill, fills the last three minutes because he's so bored watching. What was the, the article fight? about? Insurance or what happened in Tenerife? I don't know, actually. Oh, it was to do with um, what happened with Crawler and the fact that they never found the people that did it because they never got a good facial um, recognition of them. Um, yeah, so no, I did actually <laughs> sit, I did sit and read it rather than watch the last round of that fight because. 
That's what but, but that's just, what mood I was in, no, no, by no, then. No, but just to clarify, right? There are people in Manchester that could have found out. The, the burglars are known. Well, whether Matchroom Chelsea do anything about it, don't know. Yeah. Just like the just guy like that... Just like Tenerife. Yep. Just like the guy that, that you know what I mean? <laughs> Crawler's a popular man around Manchester. He's a popular man all around the UK. People, <laughs> the people would grasp. Yeah. That guy had treated Brooks' leg like it was kebab meat. In <laughs> 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 Donna meat. Boy. Slicing and dicing. You <laughs> know. <laughs> Uh, okay, so Joe Cordina fights Hakim Bin Ali. Ah, so he was meant yeah, to fight Andy Townend, wasn't he? Yeah, and then Andy Townend. <laughs> I don't, do you know, like the fact that they were paying him five grand, I think forced him to to comfort eat, and he was nowhere near the weight, so he got injured. Was I meant to say that? Don't know. But I've heard <laughs> I've heard various stories about uh, you know Andy Townend was only getting paid five grand, so he pulled out. I, I'm not entirely sure I believe because Andy Townend would have known that a month ago when he got offered the fight he was only getting paid five grand but you also know sometimes that number goes down mm, it depends who you're working with if if say notorious you know, shit payers yeah yeah pay-per-view events uh, yeah but if they sign a contract at five grand then it stays at five grand those don't go down that's not going down not on a Hearn show um, so called, um, Andy Town then would have known that when he signed the, the contract so I'm not entirely sure I'd buy that I do buy that maybe he wanted more money and then they didn't give it to him. And, um, yeah, so, but then that's your own fault. Ask for it at a time. Comfort eating. But that would have, that would have been a good fight for Comfort. Cordina. So that's another that's another Welsh event where they've shafted Joe Cordina. You, you're now looking at this guy's career going, ah, I'm not that bothered. The fact is, irrespective of what happened with Andy Townend, look, if he wanted more money, you're not talking he'd have wanted another million. He'd have maybe wanted another five grand. Someone should have paid that. Hearn should have paid that out of his own pocket to get Joe Cordina a relevant fight on a pay-per-view in his hometown. But you now got this Welsh lad who looks the real deal, to be fair to him, but his opponents are so limited that it's hard to take a proper judgment, a proper gauge on it. And so you're struggling to really invest in Joe Cordina at all. And I feel for him because that's two pay-per-views in his and, hometown. And he's not young either. I think people assume Joe Cordina's like 22 or 23. He's been around a long time in terms of like he was he was a late bloomer as an amateur. So I think he missed the 2012 intake. So you that's another four years. So by that point, you're what? You're 23, 24? Maybe he's, tw- maybe he's 25 at the Olympics. I'm not sure. But he's, he's, he's heading towards his late 20s now. And we still don't have a defining fight for him at any level. Yep. Uh, okay, let's move on to David Price Povetkin. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I, I, uh, how do we frame this? Uh, how I, do we frame this? I just want to go back to the volume of tweets where people had managed to convince themselves yes. that David Price stood a chance. Yes. And, and every time I'd read one, I'd ask the question, what are you basing this yes. on? Because if, if it was like Price had smashed a world-level contender and then got knocked out, in like the last round because he gassed out, I'd be like, fine. But we've seen David Price. Like, I mean, he's done the rubber man. He's done the giraffe. <laughs> <laughs> he's done various time, dance moves. Yeah, and this time he just did the leaning tower of Pisa. You so, know what I mean? I have a real issue with this. And I'll call it out. MTK, as his managers, why are they allowing him to take this fight? Ethically, why are you allowing him to take this fight? I would love to hear from MTK. Because look, I right, wouldn't. I, I'm okay with anything they do. <laughs> <laughs> no, look, we we kind of pride ourselves on saying what we think about things. So, I, I, oh, oh, about, uh, oh, 
Unless it's, you know, unless it's, unless it's Goodwin shows, then they're all great. No, I've never said that. <laughs> so, right, let's touch on this. All Hobson shows, because, you know, certain people love them. Um, Hobson's never put a foot <laughs> wrong in his career. Yes. <laughs> no one would have seen it, so. Um, <laughs> 300,000 viewers. In total, for all of his shows. Um, you, you, know when, you know when you see those, like, comical um, fights that end up being two people flapping their hands in a patty cake fashion? That's what I'm hoping is going to end up <laughs> in a happy... So, right, let me touch on this, right? Andy, if you were a street fighter, right? As wow. in that is stretching reality, but okay. Go right. back to your youth. You know, you used to get in a scrap or two every now and then. <laughs> right. So, right, you go out for a fight against someone who's not that good. Like, you know, the, the, the fifth hardest kid in the neighborhood, and you get your shit filled in by him. And then, you know, we welcome you back and we go, oh, unlucky Andy, like another day. And then you go out and you take on the sixth best kid in the neighborhood and you get your shit filled in by him as well. It's getting more more believable, <laughs> I must admit. If you then come up to me and go, I'm going to go and fight the second hardest kid in the neighbourhood. Yeah. I'm going to go, no, you're not, mate. Like, come on, you've, this isn't for you. This isn't no, for I you. I can do it, I can do it, mate. And then they go, oh, but we'll pay you, I don't know, say maybe £400,000 to £500,000 minus all your coaches' costs, etc., etc., etc. You take home maybe two fifty ish hypothetically. I'd be starting to worry how this street fight is generating such a good amount of money. <laughs> a lot of people want to see you get filled in. Um, but, you know, any amount of money that sits on the back of that, and then we find out this number two kid in the neighbourhood has been roided off his tits for a number of years, and there's not going to be any testing going into this fight. And so now you're fighting someone who's not only like the second, maybe third hardest kid in the neighbourhood, he's also like Jacks juiced the to the gills. <laughs> And he's, he's glowing as he makes his ring entrance. <laughs> it's that kind of level. And so, as your mate, I'm going to say to you, no. No, this shouldn't be happening. This shouldn't be happening. I don't care what the money is. I don't care about the potential opportunity because I know you can't beat him. I know you can't. And you might land a lucky left hook and the ref might make a dodgy count halfway through the fight. <laughs> but I still know you can't beat him deep down because you haven't got the heart for it and you haven't got the skill set and you can't let those hands go. Yeah. So, yeah. why all these people that are linked to MTK that I've seen all the, the tweets from that are like, good luck to Pricey, one last chance, go out there and do it, you're the underdog, the underdog can do it, blah, blah, blah. People reference back to um, Tyson, and you know, when he lost that title out in Japan. Okay, so that was, what, 28 years ago? 28 years ago, there's not a more relevant... Um, you can't find a more relevant wait, benchmark wait, wait, in the last 28 years. And, and, and not only that, right? Tyson was out the night before the fight yeah. shagging Japanese geisha birds. Well, and that's actually, yeah, and he's admitted to doing that. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think Povetkin's that sort of guy. No, <laughs> he'd have been out getting juiced up. Yeah, yeah but, just a little top up. Yeah, so he was in his Captain America so, cylinder getting... So <laughs> when that right hand lands on Price's chin and he stood up asleep, Oh, that's and then the referee's too far away to do anything. No, the referee doesn't even try to do anything. He just yeah. looks. You see that from uh, with the camera's shoot, face at the referees, and 
uh, Price's hands completely drop. Drop. And Norm- his chin's sat there. Yeah. And Norm- then normally you'd see the referee's face drop and him sort of jump. lurch forward and then not get there in time, perhaps. Yeah. But he doesn't even want to. He just stood there watching. So when Price's hands dropped and he got that vacant look on his face because he's knocked out on his feet and you see this Russian roided up motherfucker revving up from two feet out with a a clean left hand nice. just gearing up I hope everybody everybody who sat there and tweeted oh Price has got a good chance with this go on he's the underdog underdogs can do it I hope every single one of those people sat there and went fuck this was the wrong decision this was the no, wrong no, 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 choice no. you know what they, they won't and what they'll say is at least he gave it a go more than you've ever done that, that, which, yeah. which is a typical English yeah. response and the reason I mention this is it's going to happen with Joshua right so I'm going to remember everyone that said Joshua could beat Wilder because when Wilder starches him, and we'll talk about this later, when Wilder starches AJ, I don't want to hear any crap about at least he gave it a go. When you're paying for a pay-per-view, giving it a go is not what we're paying but for. But I, I don't have so much of an issue with that because in that scenario, you've got an undefeated Joshua, perhaps at the time, with three belts, and you've got Wilder undefeated with one, uh, one belt. And they're both legitimate world title holders in that division. Here, you've got David Price, who you'd struggle to put in the top 20 maybe right now at heavyweight against the guy who's got a very good case for being in the top four or five. I wonder where Andy would put Povetkin. Andy? Andy, where would you, where would you rate Povetkin? Andy. Where would I rate Povetkin? <laughs> Why are you breathing so heavy? But I say, in, in, that, in that scenario of Joshua Wilder, you've got two lads that you can make a case for being number one and number two in the division. And Do you know what? Do you I don't agree with Andy, actually. Andy, what do you reckon? Andy? Oh, and Andy's gone. Andy, Andy, what do you think? Hey, Harvey, what do you think? <laughs> I just think Povetkin. <laughs> I actually haven't, I haven't constructed any sort of opinion. But you know, I felt you... sick when he punched David Price. That's why. But I, I say when, when that left hand was being revved up by that monster of a Russian geezer, and David Price is stood there cold. I genuinely hope every person that was tweeting, go on, Dave, do it, give it a go. You can do this. You've got one last go in. I hope every one of them felt bad for the fact that he was about to get that left hand detonate off his face. And he's about to date rape a Labrador. Have <laughs> you put sedatives in that? <laughs> Gallagher biscuits. <laughs> but it was, it was genuinely, like, there was no surprise about what happened. There was no, no surprise that it was a horrendous oh. knockout. And then all of the commentators are like, oh, no, that's really bad. Oh, no. Oh, it's good that he's what coming What did Bell you say out of interest? Bell you said before, what, before or after? No, no, after. Oh, no, I no, didn't see it. Because before he was like... He said, I, I, I love him. And, you if, know, if, he's, if he, he had he the belief see. that I have in him, he'd be, he'd be a world champion now. He did actually say, he gave it a go. And, you know, I love him and I'll always love him. Just tonight he was unlucky. But, but, and, it's English, not unlucky. No, no, no. It, there is no unluckiness about it. This, I mean, I'm, this English perhaps thing of, paraphrased there. but This English thing of having a go, it's stupid, right? You don't... You don't fucking fly a plane with one day's training, have a go, crash it, and you go, well, the guy had a go. At least he had a go. You know, what are you doing with your life? Yeah, you I know. know. I, there I, has to be a certain I level agree, of competence. And, and David Price is not an international level fighter. You put David Price in against someone like... Sam Sexton. No, Tom Dallas. I think it's fair. <laughs> um, Camille Sokolowski, but he struggled with that. Yeah, he, and look, it's, again, yeah, so, 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 I don't really know a great deal about David Price. Oh, it was, it will shock you from being my sort of otherwise non-casual self. But he just looked to me like a really robotic, slow, just like... Just, Do you he, know what? He, I was saying to my old man, 
I'm not even sure he's moved off the spot for like five minutes. And I'm talking like mid rounds when the rounds ended. I'm sure his corner had to come to him because it was like he was just cemented to that center of the ring. I, I felt you, a bit sorry for him, and I don't I want to feel sorry for a professional sportsman who's in a ring. But I felt sorry for him, just to clarify that, because he looked so outclassed. And he, when he got knocked down the first time and hit the canvas, I thought to myself, "But you've offered nothing." I you know, the, way, I the way he fell for that one. Do you know what? When it, when that happened, I just thought I'd really like the corner to throw the towel in. And I know that's like it's not giving Price every opportunity to do himself justice. But we knew there wasn't going to be yeah. like justice in this scenario. Isn't Price winning? Justice is Price getting out of the ring okay, right, which so happened why thankfully. The, uh, why did Price take the fight? Money, money. So it was money, right? Money. He didn't think he could beat Pavetka. Not a chance in hell did he. Beat <laughs> what was the interview beforehand? <laughs> Did you see it? The one where, um, you know, where they do the video clips. Yeah. I'm sure he said, um, you know, oh, it's a, it's a, I'm not going to try and do a Scouse accent. It's a big task. I know it's a big task. Povetkin does everything better than me. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Povetkin does everything better than me. Wow. But, That's belief. That's self-belief right there. But, but, Imagine when he's laying in bed with his missus and he's like, Povetkin would do this better. Yeah, but... Oh. Uh, <laughs> She's like, Dave, we've been through this before. We both know that's the case. No, no, but, but, but we just have to make the best of what we've got. Here's the worrying thing, right? Nobody is going to tell David Price to just stop. Right? If Bellew's really his friend, he should say, mate, stop. I'll put just this, stop. After the fight, Matthew Macklin said, um, I hope Pricey hangs him up now. I hope that's it. Matthew Macklin is if you look on the MTK website, because I did today, he's still the first person. When you go to the Meet the Team section of the MTK website, Matthew Macklin is the first person on there. I think he's listed as founder, but he's still like the figurehead of MTK. May not own it. I think Sandra Vaughan has bought him out. But Matthew Macklin, you are the head, the public head, the people that people recognise of MTK. David Price is an MTK managed fighter. He stood there on Sky going, ah, well, I hope, I hope that's it. I hope Price, he hangs him up. That's your responsibility, Macklin. That is your responsibility to but, go back. But it boils down to this point. There has to be someone in British sport who can say, we're taking your licence away. If you want to go and box under a Maltese, wherever, that's up to you. But mate, you're not boxing on a British board show again because it's not safe. And... Here's my issue, and everyone knows I have an issue with brain injuries. We, we have a boxer out there somewhere who had a neurological issue, a very serious one, that they kind of have recovered from now. But the issues were known well in advance. Um, I think the issues have been discussed on this podcast, not in much depth, but they've been discussed. And it was an accident waiting to happen, and it's happened now. And I'm like, how many more times do we have to allow this sort of thing to happen? We need to stop giving people licenses who shouldn't have them, right? This is my eternal frustration with boxing that, from what we've sort of said before, is ultimately anyone can get a license. Yeah, you can get a license. That's you know what I don't that, understand. Right? That's why you, know, you, you can get a license. It's such a serious thing that ultimately, like, right, right, I tell you what, that, that bloke's, that bloke's, Parked too close to my drive one too many times. I'm going to go really fuck him up. Hold on, Dave. Wait a minute. Why don't we just apply for a boxing license? Apply for one for him behind the scenes. And you can just knock him out in the street and we'll say it was a fight. (laughs) It just just feels like there's too many loopholes for such a serious thing. But you know, here's the problem. 
the border incentivized to have as many fighters fighting as possible because they get a cut of all of that. So they wouldn't cut their nose off to spite their face. Well, they should do. And I think there should be a fixed number of licenses granted every year. And if you don't get one, so what? Just go and be a scaffolder or something. I'm not, I mean, safety doesn't give a fuck about your feelings, my friend. But you should have that. Where every year the board say, we'll give out 30 licenses to professionals. I made that number up. It could be a different number. But we're going to give out these licenses. Everyone apply for one who wants one. And then you have a process of sifting out yeah. based on, right, who do we think can actually box out of this group? Because otherwise you're going to get these these numpties coming in off the street. And you notice, like, I'd, be, like, I'd, be, I'd like to see the correlation between people that suffer brain injuries and people that get reputations for being tough in the ring. Not for being good boxers, just for being tough in the ring. To be fair, I mean, we need to separate David Price from this. David Price has been a competent yeah. boxer in the past. It's not that we're saying David Price should never have had a license. No, but he should have been pulled. <laughs> I argue... I would, I would struggle with it. That's a difficult one. I would struggle with it should be pulled. I just think there should be somebody who um, has authority to say, not this fight, David. Like, not this fight. So, so I'll give you an example. I remember um, when Big Domac and Lardy boxed in the amateurs and he came and he was telling us all the great stories about how he'd improved and how he'd learned his lesson. He goes and has a fight. Gets just... It's all the same problems that everyone knows about because they've seen him as a pro now. And I remember Mick Carney, who ran Fitzroy Lodge at the time, just, just going, do you know what, mate? This card, I'm locking away. You don't need to be boxing as an amateur ever again. He just said it honestly. He said, it's just not there. Whatever it is you think is there is not there. And he just, he just cut it. And, and I know Andy understands these sorts of things <laughs> because I, I, Andy's had these struggles in life. The technical uh, issues that I'm suffering through this podcast are making it very difficult. Thank you, Terry Martin, for holding the fort. I, 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 I think Andy's got a newfound sympathy semi for Joe Gallagher. Labrador to look after right now. <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> oh. Right, so Gallagher um, loves a semi Labrador. <laughs> uh, Andy, and where, where's Andy gone? He's gone. He just chinned it off. No, I'm back. I'm back. I'm I feel back. like your priorities aren't right today, Andy. Uh, that's possibly true, but they should be... Look, I mean, maybe, maybe to be fair, the welfare of an animal should come above the <laughs> recording of a crappy podcast, but... Plus, it's Easter anyway. They're getting something for free on when we should be... Oh, look at that. There you go. Yes, he's not going to be peeing on the floor. Brilliant. That's a really strange stance. Um, that's like an Adam Booth stance. That's a wide stance. <laughs> he's been watching McGregor. <laughs> I like him. I told you he's a peak athlete, this dog. You just uh, don't appreciate. It's all done now, right? It's hench. Definitely got a lot on the shoulders. Like, I'd, 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 wa I'd want him tested for sure. <laughs> do you know? What? I think getting in the dog fight. I, I think, I think that Labrador would do pricey. I'd license him. Yeah, definitely for pricey. No, no one else though. Maybe like pricey and Tom Dallas. <laughs> what a part of him there. But I'm genuinely um, serious. Yeah, you little piss now. You have MTK is the management company. You should have questions to ask or answer about. Allowing David Price to take that fight. Like, I, I struggle with it. Oh, I just take and we're back. <laughs> we? Another dog break? We? <laughs> I said a dog break. Uh, right, so we have a question from Craig of Fight Talk. Um, Craig. Do you think it's a bit strange that Dillian White was moonwalked onto ringside confrontation with Povetkin, almost white knighting in deflecting AJ chat? No, no. Did I not say this would happen? 
did I not say that that, that they'd, they'd sack off this whole WBC thing and they'd start to push Dillian White through the WBA route? So what happened, for people that don't understand, was that uh, straight after the Povetkin win, when they had the worst translator in the world, oh. sitting ringside. It was awesome. <laughs> he, he, he was like... He, he, he was saying to Povetkin, what the hell is this guy saying in English? Yeah. So the geezer's in English, like interviewing, and then you've got a translator that doesn't really understand the English, and then Povetkin's probably just saying about... I wasn't in Salisbury. Yeah, yeah. He's got something about, you know, chemicals and whatever. Um, uh, he knows he's still that. glowing on the ringside. And uh, yeah, then out of nowhere, like Dillian White appears, and they go in, Dillian, do you fancy the Alexander Povetkin fight? And he's like, yeah, yeah. I'll fight anybody, anytime. Yeah. Um, I'll fight him now, which is his real accent. Actually. But what I didn't understand <laughs> is that Povetkin looked poor. Like, he, he looked poor in that fight. And I, I was laughing earlier about that, that knockdown because it was never a knockdown. Povetkin wasn't knocked down. His glove didn't touch the ground. But I think, no, no, but I, I think there is a thing where the referee is allowed to use his judgment. If you're being kept up by, we'll call it the corner post, right? If, if that wasn't there, would you have fallen over? The answer is he would have done. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Um, maybe. But I can see why the ref gave that as a, as a count. It would have been unfair not to. Yeah. Okay. So, he looked bad, Povetkin. Irrespective of whether it was or wasn't a knockdown, he looked bad in that fight. And whether that's a, a case of maybe he wasn't actually roided up and maybe like maybe now there's stricter drug testing <laughs> See, on him. That, that's what his speech was at the end. It's not fair that I can't be roided up. <laughs> but and it's yeah. not though. Like, like if ever I wanted someone roided up, it's Povetkin. <laughs> I would, I would happily have... Because he just looks like the sort of guy you'd love to see roided up. He's got he? those shoulders of the old 80s wrestlers. The yeah. ones that... You know, like the barbarian used oh, to have. the mad traps. Yeah. Oh. That's what Povetkin looks like. But it looks like they're slightly off cycle. <laughs> um, so, I don't understand. Now that he's... Um, going back to Craig's question. Now that Povetkin is in the mandatory position for Joshua... I'd have thought you would take that fight in a heartbeat with, with Joshua. With two governing bodies. So, so this is where it gets interesting. I think Povetkin's number one with the WBO because it seems um, Okenda is only mandatory for the WBA regular. <laughs> yeah, he is. Good, good, good gerrymandering by that twat Mendoza. Um, so Povetkin's there in the WBA and he's there in the WBO. The expectation is if Fury looks good, they'll fast track him up the WBO. So you don't want Dillian there because he can't beat Fury. So you push him up the WBA where Hearn has a friendly relationship with aforementioned twat. And so what that means for Hearn is he can make AJ versus Dillian White or the winner of Dillian White Povetkin. I think Dillian probably wins that one. And all of a sudden it's for the belts. But as we go on to discuss with AJ later on, I don't even think he wants that fight. But yeah, I mean, going back, Povetkin looked bad. Now, Given you've got a line-up fight, as we've said before, maybe they're trying to line up fights to keep Joshua away from Wilder. You'd keep that Povetkin one in your pocket. Like, that's yeah. good to go at any yeah, point. because I was just so happy to see White versus Povetkin. I was like, brilliant. At least in the short term, they're pushing that so I don't have to watch Joshua versus Povetkin. I just, I just don't have an interest in that. And maybe that's the casual in me You talking. may not, but I bet you'd still watch it. Well, probably, yeah. yeah. But that's exactly. because there's such a dearth of top-level boxing that, that that I haven't... That's not... That you haven't got an appetite for it, but if they put it in front of you, you'd be hungry. <laughs> there you go. I don't like watching adult babies. So, <laughs> so there's only about four or five weight divisions that I care about, and there's a dearth of top-level boxing in those weight divisions. So I would watch it if it was on, probably. Yeah. But here's the, here's the caveat to that. 
Last night, I made sure that I was available to watch the fight. If it was Joshua Povetkin, I wouldn't go out of my way to make sure I was available. If I had to do something else, or if if somebody said, do you fancy going out tonight? I'd be like, yeah, whatever. Oh, we won't be able to catch the fight. Like, oh, whatever. I'll just watch the highlights. Do you know what I mean? That's yeah, yeah. that's how I would, uh, my, my attitude be would be. be interested to see how they start packaging Povetkin, because he didn't look that good against Price. But we'll start to hear about how he's a 2004 Olympian. I think he won gold and he's this, he's that. Oh, he he brutally knocked out Carlos Tackham and Joshua couldn't do that. And you'll start to hear all of this. Brutally nonsense. knocked out Price. Price knocked down Joshua in sparring, see? Mm. So there are all of these these silly threads that the cornflake munchers will, will jump on and then you just have loads of tweets about how Povetkin's a credible opponent. And it's depressing, actually, like the level of idiocy you read on Twitter. But, you know... It's all across the bear, I guess. Um, just slightly hybriding the two the two fights that went on last night in that respect. Um, obviously, we've had conversations about who can beat Joshua and who and who's the best heavyweight and all that stuff. But my, I think, more of an in, a question that's more of an interest to me, given where my bombs how boring there. the fight was last. Of all the top what level are the insurance premiums on matchroom fighters. <laughs> of all the top level heavyweights out there at the moment, what makes for the most attractive bout? Joshua it's, Wilder. Yeah, well, that's what I would have thought because they're both a bit sort of well, they're both going to attack, but they also they leave themselves open a bit, a bit vulnerable seemingly. Yeah. Um, is that it though? Is that all we've got to hope for? Yep. And then the winner of that versus Fury. That is it. Two fights. You give me any other names you'd rather see in there. No, I, I, w- I wouldn't, but now. I... Now! <laughs> no, no, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Um, Povetkin um, <laughs> Price 2! <laughs> no, no, they're, they're heavyweight fights I could watch, and I think they'd be good. Takam versus Chisora looks like that would be a good fight. Um, you know, the hay that we currently have now against, I'm trying to think of a small heavyweight, even someone like a Brian Jennings. There are fights I think that would be good to watch they'd have no significance on the bigger picture like they, historically they wouldn't be significant but they'd be really entertaining yeah, fights well, yeah. I think that's what we've got to hope for in terms of significant fights for posterity it's yeah, Joshua Wilder the winner of that against Fury after that no yeah. one gives see, a see that's the, my my eternal frustration at the moment is that it's like everyone's calling out oh we're desperate to see May United Man City or May United Liverpool or Liverpool Everton or whatever and then they're like and then Eddie Hearn or whoever at the top goes, yeah, we'd love to see Liverpool, Man United too, but we can't really count out Swansea versus Liverpool. That's the fight we really need to... That's a f- and you're like, no, I don't want to see that shit. No, no, but... but, but and we're almost, we're almost putting the, the cart before the horse here. Let's really examine what you have. Now, you guys have heard me say this before. They've never wanted the Wilder fight because Joshua's camp aren't idiots. The very things Joshua's vulnerable to, Wilder is brilliant at. So Joshua's vulnerable when you've got the reach advantage on him because he can't use that jab. He's vulnerable if you're quick sliding backwards because he can't use that jab. He's he's vulnerable to the right hand because he holds his left hand really low. When he jabs, he drops his hand. He doesn't bring it straight back. So everything that would worry AJ, Wilder does really well. So that fight's not happening this year. They can't make the changes or the improvements. That's why you're hearing all these other names being inserted into the picture. The problem is, if it doesn't happen this year, it can never happen because next year, I think all three mandatories are due because he hasn't, I don't think a mandatory gets called this year. 
So this year is all voluntaries if he chooses to. Next year, the IBF will call Pulev or whoever they've got as number one. The WBO have to call their number one contender. And the WBA, for fuck's sake, have to do something, right? <laughs> so, so we've... Um, we've, we've right? can't... So three. Look, look at that. Just, just, just to illustrate the point. Three potential mandatories called. Terry's holding up three fingers. <laughs> can't, like, can't... Oh, no, I suppose they wouldn't do that with that. I just, I really want to see, listen, like, listen, listen, one of the title fights. You, 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 can't, you, can't, you can't start sniffing balls at the moment. Right? <laughs> yeah? uh, over there. <laughs> I really want to see... Sorry, guys. One of the, one of the belts call, like... Say WBC called Joshua as a mandatory. Can't. <laughs> I'd love to see that. But you can't. That's the whole point. So if you're a champion in one governing body, you're taking out the rankings. Oh, it just frustrates me because that that would at least make it so that they had to fight. Do you know what I mean? Well, no, 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 no. Look, it's this. I call it the whole asymmetry of value. Oh, look at him. He's yawning. It's the whole asymmetry <sighs> of value, right? He's remembering the fights last I'm night. thinking of Crawler. No, no. <laughs> no, when Joshua got the IBF, there was a value on making him a world champion in X number of fights, right? They paid over the odds for that. Then it was like, we need the Klitschko name. They paid over the odds for that, right? Klitschko made more money from that fight than Joshua did. Now you're overpaying for Parker because it's like, well, we need three of the four belts, so we're in a stronger position. But actually what they've done is they've weakened their position because now Wilder's attitude is quite simply, I don't have to fight AJ. I can fight my mandatories and have meaningful fights through my mandatories if I want to. And then to me, while keeping hold of three belts simultaneously. So over time, that WBC belt gets more and more expensive because there's a short window to make it happen before AJ gets hit with two or three mandatories in one year. What's so horrible, right? <laughs> Sensible heads should prevail. And this is the painful thing about it, is that you'd say, look, you've got three of the belts. You've got one of them. Or four if you listened to Joshua last night. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um... Everybody put all the money into a pot. Joshua, you take 55%. Wilder, you take 45%. Let's reflect those belts in some way. You get a slightly bigger pot. And just go and fight. Like, I, I fucking hate everything else about it, yeah. other than the fact that it ought to just be the two people that hold all the belts. There's no other options out there that should be taken into account. See, if they're, None. If not they're one. so, 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 uh, like you've said before committed and self self-believing in their own ability and it's all about figures and, and numbers and figures then why can't they just go like for example uh, like you said to come to come to i, I, I admit like it, harvey there mate admittedly the heart the half of it is is that first figure but what i'm getting at is then right both of you got a rematch clause and the winner takes the lion's share of the second fight which yeah. is whatever happens in the first fight is still going to generate anticipation for the next fight i don't think it will simply because i think someone gets knocked out so badly you won't want to see that again i think people would still want to see it maybe not immediately after now admittedly that if would, that happened if that happened yeah admittedly if you're taking 45% of the initial earnings and you think you deserve more and then you say yeah but once i knock him out he'll never want to fight me again and he'll retire. Or, you know, there's all kinds of thing, caveats you can add. To, oh, God, here we go. What, half? He's back. <laughs> he wants to say. What are you going to say, bruv? What are you saying? <laughs> I got touched. <laughs> he knows there's a boxing podcast. He, he's come to say. Joe Gallagher confessional. Um, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. So I guess we should actually talk about uh, briefly, at least, 
the 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 Parker fight. Nah. Yeah. Um, I thought Joshua did well. He he realized Parker didn't have anything for him and just thought, let me just do the twelve. I I know I'd like to take him out, but the risks are too great. I think there's a couple of right hands he threw that hit Parker, and he realized Parker wasn't going to fall over. Um, you wonder what Wilder would do to Parker, but you know I don't think we'll ever find that one out. Um, I liked I liked Joshua's discipline. He didn't take any more risks than he needed to, and he did the twelve. So it's it's one of those. You know, I mean, it felt like a one sixteen one twelve fight. I thought the scorecards were disgraceful, and I found it really interesting that we're quick to criticize Adelaide Bird, who was only a couple of rounds off, if we're being honest. Whereas these judges were so far off because it's Joshua and he's a Brit. Nah, it's okay. You know. Uh- it's embarrassing. It no, was, it, it was I, I, embarrassing. I risk getting thrown, and, the casual thrown a bit again, but I don't ref. see how you give Parker more than two or three rounds. What, what was he doing? No, you, you, you can give Parker four. Don't ask me which one's there off the top of my head because I don't have the paper. Yeah, that's fair me. enough. But, but you can give Parker four rounds. Oh, I just, I struggled to give him, I, I gave him two in the end, but just because I felt like three was being too generous. Because, well, look, I rewarded Parker for doing a lot of clever stuff and I also gave him the referee premium because I think the referee stopped Parker doing what he wanted to do. Um, from, yeah, that from, irritated. From, 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 from the piece, from what I could piece together, I, obviously I'm not privy to the Barry strategy. He he was looking to get in and, and you know, in the hope that Joshua would take a step back from the clinch and then boom, let the right hand go. Instead, the ref wasn't allowing that to happen. So what, what you found was Parker continuously having to work his way in past the Joshua jab. So he wasn't being rewarded for getting inside the Joshua jab because the ref would stop them. So then he's back at Joshua's range. So Joshua was thinking, this ref is perfect for me. And don't be surprised if Joshua gets that ref again, if he, <laughs> if, if he fights someone smaller than him. Like that, that ref is perfect for Joshua because it means Joshua will never have a rough night in the ring. And what I found interesting was he had no issue with Joshua holding Parker, which, you know, normally a ref would say, Look, you keep holding, I'm going to take a point off, which would force Joshua not to hold, and you'd have to actually box on the inside. And that would have definitely helped Parker. But I, I'm not saying that to detract. I think Joshua was a comfortable winner in the fight. Um, it exposed what well, I think we said this after the Andy Ruiz fight that neither of those two guys deserve to be a world champion. They weren't that good. And, you know, Parker, look, I'd like to see Parker in the UK because I don't think, you know, he'd have a hard time of it in the UK against some of the guys we've got. It's just my opinion. And I, you know, typical Twitter question, where does Parker go from here? <clears throat> Back down to his level, like being a number five or number six contender. So if everyone else is busy, you'd pick him for a win an eliminator somewhere. We'll, we'll see him in a couple of years in a world title fight. I'm sure. Of I don't it. think Aaron will put the money into him because you looked at that and you went, I don't think Parker has it in him. No, I don't think. I don't out. think Aaron will invest in him. I think he'll just he'll get a mandatory somewhere because he'll sit around the top five, six. He'll eventually get uh, an eliminator. If he can win that, it becomes a mandatory. You don't need to invest in him. You just let him go away and fight whoever's going to pay him to fight. But that, so now I wonder: all those times they took people over to New Zealand, you know, well the government-funded yeah. uh, shows they put on, and, and and have they made their money? As as everyone involved in the Parker story made their money back, I, I'd suspect not. They must have seen that there was a time limit on that, surely. And invested but there was a wisely. Way for, there was a way for Parker to win this fight. There really was. You're watching it. And, you know, when people ask me, I said, if he just savages Joshua's body, 
You know, why was he but every to... time he tried, every time he came forward, the ref just separated but, but, you him. Know, remember the first couple of rounds, and he was just jabbing solidly to the body, and Joshua wasn't. You know, Joshua was uncomfortable with those shots, and I was like, four more rounds of that, and it will start to take a toll. And then he got cocky, and he started trying to jab Joshua to the head, and I was like, that's why like jabbing. Air. He, was, he was jabbing glove. It's just like he'd, he'd woken up the, that morning and gone, ah, oh, shit, I knew this had happened. My arms have shrunk. Like, and then yeah. he was trying to fight with the longer arms that he thought he had. It just but, didn't but, seem to make any sense. It, it's, it's back to something we touch on, right? Kevin Barry didn't have a plan B. And I know Sky and Adam Smith love to Barry, but let's be clear about who Kevin Barry is. The only reason he's famous is because he was involved in Holyfield getting disqualified in the 84 Olympics. That is all he is famous for. And that meant that the golden boy, and Holyfield was the golden boy in the 84 Olympic squad, never got to win that gold medal that he deserved. And that's why Kevin Barry's famous, and that's why people don't like him in America. I think out of it, it's fair to give Joshua praise. Um, You know, the way that he controlled that jab when it came at him, just really quick parries off that right hand all the way through, meant that Joshua could nullify the jab of Parker early on, and then that was it. Like At that point... Joshua, I think it dawned on him fairly early that you're not really going to hurt Parker because what it looked like was Parker Huey Fury and that you had one person on the retreat constantly who was elusive, who was difficult to hit. Now, Huey Fury did more, had more success than Parker, arguably, maybe. Um, But, you know, for people that said Huey Fury could have won that fight, and said, oh, you know, Parker was shit out of it. The same argument ought to be applied to this, say Joshua was shit, but I don't think he was. I think he actually controlled Parker very, very well. Um, uh, my old man just sat there. My old man, he likes the big fights. He enjoys watching them. He was bored shitless watching them. Yeah. Um, for me, that is, it, that is, that is, that is a perfect reason for having a super heavyweight division because they just looked like worlds apart to me. Just yeah. like, jo- all right, again, I'm, I'm happy to be... To be to be slammed with the casual aspect, Cash. but for me, it was just like there was Joshua in terms of size and weight had so much of an advantage <clears throat> that Parker could have perhaps been at his best fighting someone who more comfortably sat around his own weight. It just seemed to be he was swimming against the tide the entire fight. But, but no, no, it felt what, like what, Parker would what, have to be so much. Sig- so much more significantly better in order to have yeah, bridged but, that but, gap. But why have other boxers found ways of dealing with this? Why, why does it only seem to be Parker? Look, why was it that, you know, and I know he lost, but, you know, Dwight Muhammad Kawi was able to give Holyfield a beating in their first fight. Why is it that smaller guys who can box can get to bigger guys who can't, right? Parker is a smaller guy who can't box. That's the problem. Oh, yeah, he, he, his, his skill level was poor. He lucked out on that WBO title shot. Yeah, like, like Martin said, he was just parked in the right place at the right time. Okay, um, Kevin Morrow asks, AJ in fight 21 beats Parker in a dour encounter without really engaging. He's suddenly easily beatable. Wilder in fight 33 does the same against Tavern, proves his boxing ability. This seems to be the hardcore view. Why? No, <laughs> look, okay, so no, no, you've got, you got, you got to unpick that issue. The reason people are saying Joshua's beatable is they're lining him up against his potential next opponents. So it's not like anyone can beat Joshua. It's just, look, if he beats Wild, if he fights Wilder like that, Wilder knocks him out. If he boxes Fury like that, Fury gives him a masterclass in boxing. Even at 27 stone, I'd imagine. So, so that's what you're comparing him to. 
Now, when you were looking at Wilder Stavern, that was a Stavern that had come off, you know, stopping Ariola. That was an Ariola who had knocked out Molina in the first round. You know, Joshua didn't do that. Let's remember that. Nor did, nor did Wilder. So, Stavern had a name to him and he had power. And it was, it was the same thing with Ortiz. They said, look, these guys have one punch power. And all Wilder had to do was avoid that power, which he did. So it was, it was disciplined from a guy that we keep calling wild. And we have to go back to that. So, Isn't that what we saw last night? Discipline that some, from someone who is not renowned for it at all. No, AJ is renowned for it. AJ, AJ's, a, no, AJ's a gold medalist. AJ is trained by Robert 1-2 McCracken. Like, the number of times it was just throw the 1-2, throw the double jab right hand. There's no bells and whistles to Joshua. You knew Joshua could box to orders. You know, no one had seen Wilder box to orders before, but we've seen Joshua box to orders. And that's not, that's not too... Is, it, is you know, he not... So, so I don't think you can compare the two by, by looking at their records. I think we're just talking about straight head-to-head, him versus him, who wins. The records are irrelevant now because there aren't that many quality heavyweights where you can then say, well, actually, do you know what? He's been in tough here. Oh, he's been in tough there. You can't. On that, is his 21st fight. Is there sufficient uh, people out there for AJ to fight in order to improve anymore in terms of learning? Shouldn't have got all those belts. Once you've got the belts, your learning fights are done. You've, you've now got to challenge yourself. And it might be that he learns more in defeat than he does in victory. That's the sort of, I think that's where we're I, at. I accept, I accept that. But then who around the world is going to be able to beat him, belts or no belts? Wilder. But, but that's it, right? Fury. Both Furies okay. have a chance. You, right, so, so ultimately... Dubois, when he comes on stream, has a chance. Um, well, if he didn't have any belts, so really, if he didn't have any belts right now, the only person he could fight and learn something from is potentially Huey Fury, is what you're saying. Well, he wouldn't be able to fight Fury, uh, well, Tyson Fury no, anyway, and no. he would and taking so, a shot against no. Wilder. So, so if AJ didn't have, let's just say AJ was on fight 20 now, and the Klitschko's still dominated the heavyweight division, right? The Klitschko's? Yeah, or, let's say that Vlad had three, Vitaly had one. Right. right? Okay. Let's, let's go back to that, that, that point in time. You'd have Joshua fighting guys. You, well, he would have done a couple of fights with Dillian at least. He would have also probably jumped in with some of those big lumps in America, <clears> like a like a Gerald Washington, um, Izu Ogono. He would have jumped in. He would have jumped in with that sort of tier of fighter because they can give you learnings. He'd have avoided Amir Mansour, who would have just probably ripped him a new asshole. He would have definitely fought Brazil again, but they'd have kept him away from that higher echelon or like he'd have just avoided the Klitschko's and they'd probably said, look, no Fury, no Wilder, unless it's for belts. So he'd be fighting that general morass of, of heavyweight trash that's floating around. He might have even had a David Hay fight. But will he have learned more from that than he has already? But I don't, I don't there are limitations. There, I think there are limitations on, on what is essentially, you know, look... He's a he's a lab created fighter. I, I think we're putting too much value on how much learning capacity there is left in Joshua. Like for anyone to start thinking he's going to be throwing body shots, pivoting off, attacking the head, uppercuts, pivoting back off, that's not going to be happening. What we're going to see from Joshua, you suspect, for the next five to ten years, or however long he's in the sport, is a straight one-two with a hook on the end. Sometimes, like and that, that is right uppercut. Yeah. He's in close. yeah, but that is what we're going to see out of him. Like, to say what would he learn, 
I think he's now had 21 fights. He's an Olympic gold medalist. What do we think he's actually going to learn from now on? No, I accept, it's just a- that and when, especially when, since when he's, he's got the same team. Like there've been no new influences around him. When his fight amount gets quoted, that's what it always seems to. That's to, what Sky to, likes to tell you as well. Quotes back to it's almost something to do with like I was only had this, this many fights, and I think to myself, well, the, apart from the damage on the clock, I can't see what a fight number. All it, what it what it gives you in terms of in terms of a reference point. The whole thing with Klitschko and the build up to that was about you know is this too uh, like he's still got so much learning yeah, to do yeah. and he's taking the Klitschko fight. What do you think he's going to learn? I genuinely yeah, don't understand. Well, that's my that's kind of my as my question as to yeah you're right the narrative has been written like that and I'm thinking for, since what the Charles Martin for? fight since he beat up yeah. a man who came to sell his belt. I know <laughs> and I know this sounds weird right. 21 fights, he has three belts. Didn't Fury do that in 25 fights? I, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. About Was 25 it 25? Fights. 25, 26. But is so it, we've got so, four so, bites. In, so, so there's not that much of a gap. So like, we've got four fights until AJ goes on a cocaine bender and gets 25 stone. Hopefully. <laughs> no, 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 but, hopefully. <laughs> no, it's but, the but, new no, par. No, but I think my point is, like, we always talk about, ah, oh, you know, Fury's so much further ahead in terms of experience. And that's kind of true. But if you're going to measure by bouts, then he's not. In the same way that David Hay hasn't had 30 bouts yet, I don't think. To borrow the word from Kev Morrow just a minute ago, I just, all I can see is if we don't get AJ Wilder, that's it. We've got dour fights in the heavyweight division. You're not, for, do you, let's go back, right? We, that's we, it now. We did a podcast and we actually, I think we all agreed as a three, do not be surprised if all these fights we talk about never happen. To but give, I think Klitschko is due, like... I, what I, if anything, one of the my favourite parts about that AJ Klitschko fight is that Klitschko was like, "Yeah, let's have a scrap." <laughs> that was. I, I don't. I don't think you could do anything else though. No, well, after his gap year, I, all I know is it just made it so enjoyable, and no, none, none, uh, n- never was it more prescient than last night when I watched it and was like, "Oh." But I think. Took, took up each round and the percentage of each round that I was looking at my phone it just grew as the fight <laughs> went on but I think you're going to find um, your view is probably quite reflective of the 80,000 I'd suspect because I'll take the benchmark and my old man he'd probably listened to this as well at some point hey um, you know he sat there at the end and he was like this is just a poor era of fighters yeah yeah that's, that's basically what he said like this is a poor if these two are two of the best in the division yeah. because he doesn't watch like the fifth and the sixth best and the seventh and the eighth so he's taking his his gauge by the fact these two are the two best coming in with heavyweight titles right and so he's like if these two are the best or like two of the best this is just a poor era because he grew up like in the 60s and 70s and it's like this is rubbish yeah. And so my dad had an interest in the Joshua fight because Joshua was this 20 and 0, 20 KO fighter and my old man likes a bit of boxing every now and then. It's very, you know, he is the AJ fan. Yeah. And so how many of those AJ fans would have watched that last night and gone, God, that wasn't very interesting, was it? Well, like that, my that- biggest fear last night was if something happened to AJ, like I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that AJ is the pin-up head, heavyweight fighter in the world, you know, su- supreme, but... We're what, a bomb squad if, people. If, if for example, AJ, something is near gone, and then Joseph Parker was the first unified heavyweight champion since Lennox Lewis, that would have fucking killed me. Wait. Oh, no, no, it's not, is it? It's not, no. it's not sorry. I'll tell you about it. But, but the, the, point, the point being still, like, the fact if he was the first unified heavyweight champion... 
for X amount of years. Wait, it wouldn't be a unified champion because it's Wilder, but... He's unified, right? Oh, sorry, not undisputed. Yeah. But, right, but Joshua's he... already a unified champion. No, now he isn't. Now, no, yes. was he unified with two belts? Yeah, yes. Yeah. All right, fair enough. Look, this one I'm getting confused. Look, I'll, uh, but I'll just whack an edit point. No, 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 <laughs> to, fi- to finish off the point I started at, right, can I take a punt? You never do that. <laughs> can I take a punt? that the next Joshua fight will be at the O2, not in a stadium. And it won't be pay-per-view. I think it'll be pay-per-view. I think that's, uh, I think that's almost be, a given. If it ends for up every... being Povetkin, I can see it being in the copper box. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to take a punt that on the back of last night, the next Joshua fight will not be in a stadium. But I think Hearn has said that, hasn't he? He said, look, we have to save the stadiums, or the stadia, sorry, for meaningful fights. He's just done three in a row. Yeah, and, and a Klitschko were meant to be a Pulev and that. No, no, but if you remember after the Molina fight, Hearn was like, I don't think we can keep doing this. He's like, at some point, the fans are going to get bored. I think that point was reached yesterday where you were like, yeah. the main event was garbage and the undercard was horrible. And I say that in reference to what I said last week where I said, this undercard for White Brown is the benchmark we're going to hold Hearn to when mm. it comes to undercards. So yesterday was piss poor. But you know in an IFL interview, you're going to see Hearn saying, I had a world title fight, blah, blah, blah. Like, there will be justifications for it. If, and, it but fans should just say, Hearn, you talk out your ass. I'll say, if what I have I would... to look forward to White AJ too, because that's the only fight I'm going to get someone swinging wildly at AJ so I see a fight, that, that's really going to annoy me. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's just, it's just so, it can be so frustrating. I, 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 I feel your pain. Have we, so what's the percentage chance we're going to see jo, uh, Joshua Wilder? What, this ever, next or? Ever. 50, 40. That's depressing. <laughs> look, 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 you've got, you've got Barry Hearn on one side, Al Heyman on the other. Al Heyman is not an idiot. Al Heyman realizes scarcity drives up value. And the more scarce that WBC belt is, if he just goes, look, we're tied up with two mandatories in a row. Now, all of a sudden, Hearn's like, oh, God, how am I going to make this fight happen before the WBO call theirs, IBF call theirs, and the WBA call theirs? Hearn's under more pressure than Wilder is because Wilder can carry on doing what he wants to do because he'll beat most of the people in that list. Joshua's under time pressure to get that belt while he still has three. But what? whereas Wilder's looking at this, he's like, if you're Wilder or if you're advising Wilder, Andy, wouldn't you just say, fold your arms, sit it out for six months. He's going to have to drop one of the belts. We will fight for that belt. But I think it's getting to the point where as fans, as people that follow the sport, we have an obligation. And I'm not blaming Joshua and I'm not blaming Wilder for whatever value they want to put on their belts. That's fine. But we shouldn't give a fuck. Like no. we're, we're not fanagers. Like we're not people that we don't, I don't get a cut of what Wilder takes. So I don't care if he gets 5% more or 5% less. I do not give a shit. I just want to see the two of them fight. And I'm, I'm bored. I'm bored of all the business talk around it and all that which stuff. Which is normally quite interesting. Which is normally quite interesting, but this has dragged on for yeah. so long and there doesn't seem well, to yeah. be an end I goal. I want to fight him. Yeah, yeah. Well, he hasn't contacted me. Well, he hasn't contacted me. Oh. They were on the bloody phone together, right? Yeah. They were on the phone together and Shelley Finkel said, listen, they haven't been back in touch with us. We told them what we wanted to you know where we'd start off and there we haven't had a response from Matt. But then, but then that's night, like saying Shelley Finkel spoke- doesn't have a phone. Like Shelley Finkel, oh, they haven't been in contact with us. It's like, it's not, I called you so you call me. Like, yeah. pick up the phone yourself, you bellend. Just somebody make the fight. Yeah. Somebody oh. make the fight. 
because it's so it's genuinely getting to the point where like even those more casual boxing fans are going to be saying why is this not happening yeah and it's going to be hard to justify Joshua versus Pulev Joshua versus Povetkin Joshua we Takam just, too we just can't <laughs> yeah, we just can't ignore Takam we really can't but ignore on a side it. note how good was Takam on French TV I've no but, idea so 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 I kept jumping between the streams and then I found the the SFR one so I think it's French and number one, there's something about Sakam. Ever since he, he kind of, you know, revealed with his body language that Hearn was talking out of his ass. You kind of, <laughs> you kind of like him, don't you? And he, he'd been in camp with Joshua, I imagine. So having him on there, I mean, it's a good move for Sakam. Good to see he's relevant. And you can see that, you know, they're, they're priming him. He's going to be involved in this mix somehow. I have a feeling. Wilder, you know, everyone wants to see Wilder, but you just can't ignore David Price. It's got to be Joshua Price. Joshua next. really wants to avenge that sparring session <laughs> back in 2008. You can hear it. He can't. <laughs> He's been losing sleep, bless him. Yeah, it's, it's bothering him. It really is. We've got a special wheelchair that David Price is going to get brought to the ring in. <laughs> it's fine. Um, uh. Right, okay, the Gale fights next weekend. In fact, um, hold on, sorry, I just apologise. Riku Heikler asks, what is the logic behind Wilder staying in the US and not attending the fight? Because he doesn't fucking have to. You're, well, you want to just be there and then have Diddy White run up on you and have Bell you run up on you. And basically, you just don't come out of it looking good. So he won because that video Wilder posted up after the fight <laughs> in his living room. Yeah, look how many views that got. Like, he's relevant. I he love how re rehearsed that was as well. It was like... All his mates in the background. Yeah, like, when I say this, you all shout, bum squad, right, ready? Okay, okay, well, I'll do this, right? And then I'll do that. But, you know, and then know, there's a little pause. Uh, oh, yeah, bum squad! <laughs> no, you know, no, no, let's be honest, right? If Wilder came in here now, and when where my bomb squad people at? We'd all know what to say. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I don't think he needs. Yeah, I suppose that's true. He does it every day, whether there's a camera there or not. <laughs> he walks, comes out of the shower. Where my bomb squad at? Bomb squad. Just out the window. I was watching that video. You know, it was that video I watched. I went. You can't really dislike Wilder, can you? You just watch him going. He just looks like he's enjoying life. But let's flip the question on the head. Where was for Wilder Ortiz? Sat in his yeah. living room. Yeah, so if Hearn was yeah. that like bothered oh, that about same it, chair, just topless, <laughs> eating pizza. with loads of people around him, just watching him eat pizza. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what was happening I at felt the time. Like last night but, as well, it was uh, indicative of their actual attitude when he said, "So you, you would you fight him in America?" He's like. Brits always have to go to America. We're going to be fighting here in England. And I thought to myself, I don't think so. isn't that a nice obstacle to put in, a convenient obstacle for you to like, buy out of, quote, principle, principles, end, yeah. end, end quote, that you're going to stick in the UK. What? And so what do we, we have to wait now for? Maybe at this point, I kind of would prefer anyone to go over and fight Wilder in the hope that they might come over and there'd be some yeah. sort of... Because what I ultimately want to see is an undisputed heavyweight champion. That's yeah, really can what I, I want to see. Can I say this, right? Whoever I, it is. I had a brief conversation with Cornelius Bundridge about this. And he was just saying, American fighters aren't coming to Britain anymore because we don't trust your judges and we don't trust your referees. Yeah? So... It all, it, mm? oh, especially after that refereeing performance last night that wouldn't have done much yeah. would it? where the fuck did they find that guy like it, he he reminded me I'm not going to name the name because it'll get back to him but there's a, there's, a, there's a ref in the amateur scene who's like that as soon as you start like as soon as shoulders touch break you're like no for fuck's sake you know, so you've, you've taught your guy listen as soon as you get in close work to the body and all you hear is break stop boxing you're like, oh, fuck's sake 
And all you end up doing is just screaming at this ref going, mate, you're a wanker. But let's bring this back, <laughs> right? Like I'll you, pose sorry. the question directly. Eddie Hearn, you fanny. Where was Anthony Joshua when Ortiz fought Wilder? And if you're so bothered about Wilder should have been over, and he, you know, he's done endless IFL interviews for the last week about where is Wilder? Where is he? Like, oh no, why is he not Which over? Wilder definitely subscribes to the little bell on his <laughs> iPhone. But you know, if he's so bothered about that, and if it's about building the biggest fight, why did Joshua not go over and sit ringside and have the conversations over there? Why did he not? You can't have it both ways. He was in camp. What, Wilder Ortiz? Yeah. Was he? Yeah. When was that? That was... February, wasn't it? Okay, so take two days out. Go over there. <laughs> do some train over there. <laughs> no, you're playing with me. But, but no, no, but your points are valid. Like, we don't see Joshua putting any work in to make this fight happen. Oh, you know, I do my negotiations in private. I don't do them on social media. It's like, bro, we're not asking you to negotiate. We're asking <laughs> you to make a definitive statement that you will fight Deontay Wilder this year and that it. you will make the fight happen. I don't fucking care how you do it. You just can do it. Stand on your head in, in a fucking just swinging fucking off a trapeze. I don't care what you do. It gets to the point where you're almost arguing about is he going to make 10 million pounds or is he going to make 11 million pounds? Because yeah. that's what it all comes down to at the end yeah. of the day is that bottom line figure. I don't blame them for that necessarily. But look, However many people out there, there are 80,000 that were in Cardiff last week. There are a million boxing fans in the UK, probably. People that are tuning and watching. Hearn told us a million watched AJ Klitschko. Let's all chip a quid in. Let's all put a, a pound into a GoFundMe pot. And then like just transfer that into Joshua's account just to make it happen. We can cut all his bollocks off. It's, it's gone too far. We just but need look. $700 billion to create an artificial <laughs> island in the middle of the Atlantic. But, but, no, but here's the real problem. All of Hearn's belly aching and disrespect, that has an effect on the negotiations. Because if I was Wilder, I'd, I'd remember everything Hearn said. And I'd be like, you want to make this fight? You've shat on me. Now you want me to bend to your will. And he calls him Shelly Winkle. Oh, what an embarrassing prick. But, and I, 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 you know, I'll be honest with you. I imagine Shelly just phones Barry. I don't imagine Shelly has conversations with Eddie. You know? Although you know, someone just needs to phone Barry Francis and go, mate, yeah? Your, your yapping dog over there is going to cost you this fight. But Keep do you know what? Maybe that's Hearn's plan. Yeah. Maybe I, it is. Like we said. Make I, it as difficult to negotiate as possible yeah, and then you can blame feel, it all on falling apart. I've never expected it. Like. Yeah. I don't, look, that fight's not going to happen. The Fury fight, I don't think it's going to happen. Oh. And and just the, the and we're the, back to where we were. And I'm if, all if, talking about it. Yeah, and I, I know. And I, just, just one last thing is the fact that it, I don't think it's in any way hard for I for for Hearn to go right to assess that Wilder has at least an ego that would say, nah, he's gonna come to me to get my belt. And then for Hearn to go, right, the easiest way for me to not get this to work is to gently work on AJ's ego and say, why should you go to America? And then that's it then. That's a nice convenient just barrier to put in the way because AJ goes, you're right, Eddie. I'm not going over to America. He's going to come to here. And then Eddie's like, Do you know no, what? he's they not. Prob they probably all have private phone calls in the background where Eddie probably rings up Deontay Wilder and says, let's just carry this on. Deontay goes, yeah, all right, fine. And then we'll carry on making our millions either side of the ocean yeah. and we'll never have to fight each other and we can all retire millionaires without having to put those careers on the line. And um, then when we're all really old and decrepit, we just fight in Vegas and loads yeah. of people pay. <sighs> but, you know, on, on, on a friendly note, can we just congratulate Liam Conroy on defending his English title last night at Preston Guildhall? Um, unlucky to Miles Shinkwin, I mean that actually sincerely. Miles is one of those guys you call a stalwart of 
British boxing from a storied boxing family, the Shinquins. If you if you've been around the amateurs or the pros, you will know a Shinquin of some description. Um, you know, second round stoppage from what I heard, and just generally, you know, two two good guys, honest pros, and I'm happy for Liam Conroy because he was a guy. I remember he boxed Cello Render at middleweight. And Render basically, I mean, knocked the shit out of him. But he's such a big lad that 160 was never his weight. So I think at 175 is probably better suited to to his weight. And let's see. Let's see if you know, if he can take up the challenge of fighting for a British title in a way that others apparently are refusing to. Oh, yeah, right. That's a, a good lead-in. Because um, we said about... Uh, well done, I like that, Terry. No, because we <laughs> said last week about um, on the back of Buglioni getting starched by uh, Callum Johnson. And I think we said, let's see what Frank Warren's move is this week. Let's see if he tries to position Anthony Yard to be taken on Callum Johnson because there was the whole backstory about the Buglioni Yard situation, blah, blah, blah. So now Callum Johnson holds that British title. So Frank Warren does an interview of IFL this week and he's asked about, like directly, will you be trying to get Anthony Yard in with Callum Johnson? His response was like, yeah, we'll see. Because for, for months he's been talking about want Buglioni, blah, 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 want to fight Buglioni. And the argument, you know, they said about the Hosea Burton fight. We're not going to take the Hosea Burton fight because he lost to Buglioni. So we don't want the losers, we want the winners. That was always the argument. Buglioni loses, so they ask, are you going to want Callum Johnson now? And Warren was like, well, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, it was never about the title, it was about... No, he, he never said that, actually. Um... You have to be really careful yeah. when you paraphrase. I, I am. I am being very careful. I'm correcting myself as I go along. Several reasons. Yes. Um, but you know, he said it was always about Buglioni. It was about Buglioni. It wasn't Probably about the time. Probably reference him as Sir as well. Don't, don't. <laughs> kiss my fucking ass. Um, Indignity on your face. So annoying. Kiss my fucking ass. Um, so yeah, he was non-committal about trying to get Callum Johnson. <laughs> Uh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> I've lost where I'm at now. So I've been interrupted too many why, times. Why, I'll, I'll put it why out won't... So basically, he's he's now scared of Cam John. No, 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 I'm sorry, not, no, sorry. no, 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 no. I'm not saying that at all. The point is that he was always after Buglioni, the British champion of that weight. Buglioni loses to Callum Johnson in an impressive manner that Johnson does it. So the question gets posed, are you going to try and get Anthony Yard in with Callum Johnson now? And the answer was non-committal at best. I'm going to be honest, right? Now, everyone knows I like Anthony Yard. Anthony Yard's someone I know really well. If he doesn't fight Callum Johnson, it will be disappointing and it will be hard for me to justify that fight not happening considering the amount of talk that's happened here about we want the fights for the British title that reflect where the fans place their respective values on fighters so now we're looking at Callum Johnson we're like okay British board that's what you gave us now give us Callum Johnson versus Anthony Yard so I'm hoping the next circular that's the mandatory that's called 100% if it's not there'll be questions but if it is and Frank says we're not taking it, then I think we've got problems as well. Yeah. I mean, what was interesting was that Hearn then went on to say about um, he would be making an offer for that fight. He said he would be offering that fight to Yard. They would make an offer. <clears throat> there was even the potential that they would let Johnson go on to BT Sport and fight him. Um, so I'm just distracted. Andy's building a barrier to stop a dog. <laughs> um, so yeah, Hearn says, look, we will, make, we will try and make that fight happen. 
Fuck, I've completely lost track of where I was going now. So Hearn said um, we'll try and make that fight happen. But in the meantime, Yard has somehow uh, is now number two with the WBO. And apparently he was offered the Baturbiev fight. Baturbiev for world title. For world title. You've got your man um, up to number two. Well done, Frank Warren. You've managed to get Anthony Yard to number two in the world without fighting anyone, anyone in that top ten. And then you get offered a world title fight against Baturbiev, which presumably is the end goal. That you, you know, you're moving him up the rankings for a purpose. You get to number two. You get offered the fight with Baturbiev and they turned it down. I completely get that. I yeah. completely understand it. I wouldn't be... T- if I was anything to do with Anthony Yard, I'm not touching that Paterbia fight for another 10 fights, maybe. I- I'm building the experience. But this is the problem with those WBO bullshit belts and the little trinkets that get you up to number two in the world, is that when you're there, then what do you do? I, I know I'm going to sound like an ass here, but Paterbia's the IBF champion, so they didn't have to take that fight. It was the... They were offered the Kovalev fight as well. That was the but issue. But was the one that Hearn referenced yeah. in the interview. But That's it, was, it was Kovalev. They said, listen, Yard, you're kind of here on the list. Right? We can fight this Marcus Morrison or we can fight Anthony Yard. So I've gone with Marcus Morrison. I think it's a harder fight. And I think is the fairer fight for where those two guys are. So Marcus Morrison, 2012 Olympian, Southpaw, can really, really punch against Kovalev. He speaks for himself. Uh, Baturbiev was IBF and I think he's just looking for a dance partner because everyone basically is like I'm going to get my head punched yeah. off so then they went well Anthony Yard would you like to short, shortcut to a world title he asked people like <laughs> no yeah which is understandable <laughs> yeah, I completely yeah. get that but this is the paradox that you have that Warren boasts about him being number two in the world talks about he doesn't want to fight people you know, of a, of a lower ranking with other bodies, but at the same time you get offered a world title fight and you go no 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 we're not fighting Baturbiev so what do you do? Do you continue fighting like slightly washed older super middleweights, which is what they've kind of done with him a little bit? Let him have Blake Caparelli or someone like that where or, they've got a good ranking. Or just accept he should be, for a little while, ignore the number two element and just shove him into the British mix. Just go in there with the likes of take on a Conroy, take on a Shinquin. Like, these are still the fights that are available. Like Nobody's going to think any worse of Anthony Yard if he suddenly just goes into that British mix. I'm not saying through mandated fights to get a shot at a title. No, just get these names because at the moment you're getting names in from overseas for him that don't mean a lot. Take some fights that mean something. And, you know, ideally we see the next board circular and it is Johnson versus Yard and that fight goes ahead. Um, the Gale fights next weekend. Does um, he? Look. I'm not sure he remembered. There are people in this world who are fans of James DeGale. Never really understood them. Like, do you know, do you know it's, it's like when people say they're train spotters and you look at them and you go, I respect the fact that you have choices in life, but I don't get how you arrived at this point. <laughs> and, and I speak as a guy that had to survive years and years of hearing how James DeGale was better than George Groves. Even though in my head I knew Groves was the better man. And then I saw Groves with the, with the Rolls Royce. And I just said to myself, that must make DeGale sick to his stomach. <laughs> and then I went back and I watched the Truax fight. Especially when he turns over and Eubank's got the Bentley. Oh. <laughs> have I ended up in a Fort Cortina? Yeah, the Mansori Bentley. Available for those who have the money. You know, new, new, new brand partners. Yeah, Fr- <laughs> Freddie Cunningham sorted that for us. Yeah. Anthony Lever's going to do our media and communications work. I know you listen, Anthony Lever. Mm. Feel free to admit it anytime you want. <laughs> Mug. <laughs> guys, listen. guys, for the next two weeks, it's just AAJ. Oh, don't. After 
Anthony Joshua. Don't. That was What's the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. What the fuck's he going to say now, though? But why tweet that? Like, if that is the case, if it is you've come up with some twattish acronym about AAJ, fine. Keep it in your stupid Essex office where you think it's amusing. Because the rest of the country think you're a bit of a bellend for it. <laughs> yeah. No. But I still want my press passes, though. Yeah. <laughs> fuck you. Give me my press passes. Uh, fuck you again. So James DeGale fighting uh, Caleb Truax. Do I hope Truax feels, wins. Do you know what this feels like, right? I, I get a gut feeling DeGale's going to win this on points. And it's almost like, because there's been so little about it, there's been so little over here, so little in America, it's just kind of been announced that it's going to happen. I reckon DeGale walks out of that with the belt, and then we kind of all ignore the fact that for a little while, Caleb Truax held that world title, and that'll just get kind of wiped from box rec over time. People uh, delete it or I, something. I'll tell you what, right? And then we'll just pretend that it never happened. No. And <laughs> So one thing, one thing I'll say about Truax is this. The guy's fucking strong. He was brilliant in that yeah, first fight. Uh, brilliant. Like when you watch him on Instagram, like the weights he's moving, I'm like, oof. But it feels like, um, you know, when a journeyman goes out and beats a prospect and they were never meant to do it and then they might get a bit of a telling off afterwards by like the people that organise the show. Yeah, they don't work for a year. Yeah, I'd imagine Truax probably got a phone call from Heyman. Like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you were meant to go there and just put on a bit of a show. You weren't meant to beat him. Yeah, but, but so now we've got to get you back over here, and we're gonna yeah. we're gonna make you pay for this. Yeah, but then Truex is there, like short of throwing myself on the floor. What the hell could I have done? He was that bad. <laughs> Let's, we, we we've never really touched on how bad DeGale was. How I've never seen someone just run for the comfort of the ropes and just hope for the best. Like you know, this is a guy who under Jimski has claimed to be the fittest man he can box for 15, 15 rounds. 15 rounds. He's an old school fighter. Yeah. yeah every single fight. Yeah. <laughs> and he he got beaten up. It's not like it's not like Truex was, oh my God, he he sneaked it. James DeGale got beaten up. And if, if you don't believe me, go back and watch that fifth round again. I don't think I've seen someone's head snap back go that often. Go watch it anyway. It's just fun. It's a great fight. I Look, if DeGale wins, DeGale wins. I'm not really that interested in the fight. But I like I like the idea that Truax could win twice and then just go, you know what? I want that Eubank Jr. guy. And that would make James DeGale so sick. Nah, I think he wants the Groves fight at Wembley. Yeah, nah, do it at the Emirates. Fuck DeGale off entirely. Can you imagine Truax going, I'll fight the winner of the World Boxing Super Series. That's unified. Yeah, fair enough. And He's got every right to. And it's DeGale's own fault for never taking his career seriously, for choosing a shit trainer, no, no, I'm not going to say shit trainer. No, no, he's not that bad. You just did. But <laughs> you edited that out. Cho- choosing, choosing a trainer, a trainer who was just av- bang average. Yeah, bang average trainer. A trainer that never brought him on. Yeah, you know. And so, you know, we look at DeGale as someone who could have been our Andre Ward. Could have been absolutely anything, and he's turned out to be absolutely nothing. Piss poor. Yeah, that night in December will live long in my memory because I told people, I think people read my tweet after the first round and I was like, I think DeGale's going to lose this because he doesn't look like he's trained for this fight. And, um, and, and all Truex oh. did in that first fight, and I think it's still one of the cleverest things I've seen a boxer do, was he would just pin DeGale's counter hand while he was working away and then pivot away before DeGale could let his hand go. And he did it every time, and James didn't twig. Oh, just it was it was an impressive, impressive performance by Caleb Truax. I mean, long long may it continue. Predictions? I'm going to say Truax. The Gale points win. I don't even think it'll be filmed. 
No. I think it's being broadcast on Box Nation, but I reckon they've probably already had the fight. And like, the, <laughs> I reckon they filmed it last week. De Gea wins on points. They filmed it the day after. <laughs> um, and then Boxrec, you know, has a virus of some sort and then Truex gets deleted off it. That's my prediction for next week. Um, Joey asks, what do you think has happened with Frank Warren and the BT contract? We was promised 20 shows a year on BT, but it's not happening. Listen. Martin? <laughs> Shout out to Dev Sarni of Box Nation, by the way, who listens in. So uh, I'm going to keep Dev. my mouth shut at Look, this point. My theory's always been this. Because the guy that runs BT Boxing was a Box Nation, right? So it was just a, listen, Frank, you can just get your Box Nation stuff onto BT Sport. Just just port it over. You know, like, like how you just transfer your contacts on your phone from one phone to another. <laughs> but BT, and I know this from friends who work in BT, when they look at getting into a sport, it's about we want to be competing with Sky inside of 18 months to two years, right? Warren hasn't got that sort of product yet. His, his operation isn't that slick. His fighters aren't that box office. And he doesn't seem keen to invest in making them box office. So Frank Warren, I'll compare it to, remember in the old days, you had the WWF and the WCW. Right. And you'd watch the WWF and it was just larger than life, and it was brilliant, and you loved watching Stone Cold, you loved watching Shawn Michaels, and then you'd watch WCW, and they had... The third-tier heavy... Uh, third-tier wrestler who's suddenly the champion of WCW, like, yeah. third-tier with WWE. Like, that fucking Dustin Rhodes was, like, world champion, yeah, and, and, you'd be and like, those sorts of shit mm. fighters. And they had really, really shit fighters, and you'd watch it, and everything just felt 20% less than the WWF or Generous offering. as well. Yeah, and, and that's what I think with Warren and BT. I think BT have looked at Warren's product and went, mate, you can't sell tickets to your own events. Like, what, what no, do you want to do? away. What's your point? <laughs> <laughs> so, Frank Warren has to be brave enough to go, I don't get this anymore. And just get someone in that does. Get George Warren. George Warren seems like a sound enough... Like, Francis Warren, I'm not sold on at all. He just seems like a, a slightly sleazier, if possible, Eddie Hearn. Lothario. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I fear that you'd end up seeing Francis Warren... Like just chatting up ring girls yeah. during the yeah. interval and stuff. Whereas George Warren seems like a very sensible um, and actually like relatively charismatic young man from the interviews you've seen with him, which was when the BT Sports stuff came about. What's that? Nearly eighteen months ago, you'd see George Warren make an appearance on some of the videos and fill in some of the gaps that Frank, you know, probably didn't care about the details on. I quite like George Warren. It's a shame that you don't see more of him. If it were me, I would be thinking right now, you need to start handing this over because you look like a dinosaur yeah. in an era when they're going extinct and you've got this young man on the other side who, for all his flaws and for all the fact that we can sit there and fuck off his pay-per-view from last night, is doing a good job. Um, John Bailey asks, did Price fall asleep standing up before getting on the floor because he was mentally replaying every fight of his PPV? <laughs> <laughs> he was just thinking back to Crawler. <laughs> and at which uh, round in each fight did you switch over or fall asleep? I watched it all. I don't know why, but I watched every I, second I, I, of I, it. I jumped in and out. What and a stupid move that was in hindsight. It will look... We're gonna we're gonna get Saturdays like this. I guess that's that's the pain of being a boxing fan. You're gonna get this sort of toilet every so often. But Hearn needs to make it up on the next pay per view, which is Hey Bellew. So 
someone's got to put their hand in their pocket and make the Chisora Joyce fight happen if that's going to happen. If not, just get to Cam in and tell us as soon as possible because we either need to get excited or deflated now. Yeah. Any other business? No, I'm done. I'm absolutely done. So am I. I really can't. Uh, um, we did get Danny Watley asking if we can discuss Ty and Booth. I don't, know what, I don't know what he's done this week. I mean, he's... He, he tweeted the picture with Michelle Joy Phelps. Yeah, with Michelle Joy Phelps, where it looked like a really poor casting couch video. Yeah, and um, nothing seems to have come of that. Yeah, so I, I was anticipating a behind-the-gloves video, um, but it would mean watching Michelle Joy Phelps. I wouldn't see it anyway, because she's odious. Um... So I don't know. I don't know what he's done this week. That it's weird how what mental you, you, shit he's done. Yeah, he's uh, now just become relevant. Hasn't advice, he? Danny. Just don't pay attention to him. Yeah, you can ignore it. Might go away. Oh, actually, also clearly a also, vile human Also, being. if you want to just hear someone delivering a podcast on YouTube, that is borderline mental. Sometimes, Danny Watley. Danny's your brilliant. man. Brilliant. Like he just says it like it a is. A ball of energy is Danny. Yeah, he just says it like it is. It's worth it. I think to be honest, and Danny might not like me saying this. You're probably good for about 10 minutes and then you've got to lie down. <laughs> what, a bit like the dog? Which one? Like if only, if only. Uh, he's he's been our special up. guest. I've enjoyed yes. this. Yeah, no, he's revved up. Look at him, he's ready to go, man. He's absolute peak athlete, this dog. <laughs> Needs a bit of Pavetkin juice. He's had Pavetkin I've juice. Look at his shoulders. Mate, 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 I told you that. Like, he, like, could, he could kill a wolf. If we could get him on the Trembolone, like, he'd be huge. Just proper solid yeah, lean game. It would be if you injected a dog with testosterone supplements that were brought from cows. Then I'm sure they would be huge. Maybe it'd become a cow. Yeah, is that how it works. Milk, just milk all over the floor. What are we doing? This right. has been a shambles. Apologies. Yeah. Uh, I mean, to some extent, it's Easter Sunday, so we could have legitimately had this off. Oh yeah, yeah. But others out there, you know, travel two and a half hours. I don't hear anyone complaining. Yeah. Okay. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, those of you that did send questions that I didn't respond to that's because we had so much to talk about and frankly trying to keep Martin's attention span any longer is <laughs> is going to be impossible not to mention my own frankly so I'm, I'm, I'm done um, trying to think anything we need to touch on I definitely know uh, London ABAs just a quick summary guys oh, poor standard this year disappointing uh, good luck to the guys in the Commonwealth Games actually the, the England team away. when's that start um, I'm allowed. I'm not allowed to talk about Steve's new signing, am I? Until it's announced officially. Uh, no. Okay. Okay. It's me. It's you. Me. Yeah. Yeah. I'm taking a dive but, in the but, floor. But Andy but, is but, the but, most athletic heavyweight. Um, you, you've seen the proof now. You guys didn't believe it until you saw the proof. <laughs> There's an even bigger box jump coming. I saw it. I was like, nah. I'm going to take a dive in the fourth. So but, put your money on that. Yeah. All right. Cool. <laughs> Steffi Ball style. Yeah. Right, thank no, you very no much lines. for listening. Hope you had a nice Easter. Enjoy. En- enjoy Easter Monday. Woo! Uh, Woo! If you're listening Woo! after that, hope you had a good Easter. Thank you very much. Hey, where my dog's at? Huh? Dog squad. Dog Damn. squad. <laughs>